podcast this week, the Justice for Han campaign reaches its logical conclusion, the appearance of Sung Kang on the Empire podcast as we speak to the man called Han Solo. Oh yes, the only Han Solo worth knowing about. Plus usual news and nonsense on the movie podcast that found out this week that the Fast and Furious franchise is known in Japan as Wild Speed. And Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw is known as Wild Speed Max Combo, which is perhaps the greatest title of any movie ever. Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to this week's Empire Podcast. This week, I'm joined by a Max Combo of incredible colleagues of such lethal cunning. No Wild Speed here, though. We're joined in studio by James Dyer, who is currently putting together an awards entry for Pilot TV. I wouldn't bother, mate. <laughs> That's absolutely true. I'm sitting here typing on my laptop, putting together an awards entry for the previously award-winning Pilot TV podcast. Yes. Um, yes, very previously award-winning. Yeah. And the thing that I discovered, which I should mention on this podcast, is that, uh, so this is the British Podcast Awards, and last year you will remember that the Great Empire Podcast won Best Live Show, a category that no longer exists, no longer exists. because we broke the category. So our show is so amazing that they've basically given up. That's one way of looking at it. And no one is going to attempt to give it. Like, no, that's it. It's the best live show ever in history. Uh, yeah. So we're walking away from the category. Another way of looking at it is they were so incensed <laughs> that we won that category that they torpedoed it. Solid. Uh, they scuttled it. solid. It. Yes, that was to make sure. And they salted the earth so that, we, <laughs> <laughs> so that we may never grow there again. Let's forget it ever happened. <laughs> uh, and this year, James, of course, we've increased your chances because I have graciously that's true. withdrawn yeah. From entering because I just I've, I yeah. feel like it's the rhythm method. We're not going you, to win. You we're couldn't not win. be bothered to do an entry, could you, Chris? <laughs> Genuinely, I could have I could have done many many wonderful entries. Helen O'Hara, who is joining us not in studio today, but because of can we say you, you, you you're not feeling yeah. well? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, th- I tested positive for COVID. I'm Ugh. feeling very coldy. It's gross. See, I'm going to be in my house. I keep hearing that COVID is over, but someone keeps forgetting to tell COVID. <laughs> so it's still knocking around somewhere. Well, I hope that you're you're well and that you don't die. And if you do die, please do so after this podcast. She's not well. She literally has COVID. Yeah, but I hope you get better soon. Is what I'm saying. I, I thought yeah, it was implied. Okay. Sorry, implied. Jesus, roughly maybe. Maybe I'll enter this in the British Podcast Awards. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a word. Give me another word for exemplary. Helen O'Hara. Tumescent. 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 Tumescent TV podcast from the, from the makers of the Empire Film Podcast. There we go. Excellent. Thank you. As you are. Carry on. <laughs> Scrumtrilescent. Scrumtrilescent TV podcast. <laughs> Most cromulent. Uh, anyway, speaking of a man who is both scrumtrilescent and uh, cromulent and has not uh, currently suffering with covid he is here in the studio. God, I hope you're not. Otherwise, we're we're all fucked. It's Alex Godfrey. Hello, Alex Godfrey. I haven't tested. I might be giving it to you right now. <laughs> you might be. It wouldn't be you the first be. time there's been COVID in this in a pod. This is very very true. This is very true. Uh, Helen, where do you think you got it? I I honestly don't know. I think pr- probably just on the tube or similar. Mm. You know, it's actually Fast kind X. of still out there. Fast. Oh no! Surely, surely, no germ could survive. That environment, you know? Vin Diesel sounds like he has COVID. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> oh, do, do you think that's it? That fast has such power it can transmit disease through the screen. Do you think well, uh, I was thinking it would it would kill disease, like it would just be you'd blown think, away you? by the sheer force of Vin Diesel's acting. <laughs> do you mm. think one day that in a movie, Vin Diesel, because honestly, we're gonna get onto Fast X, obviously, in the review section uh later on. Uh but do you think 
that one day he'll be in the middle of a dialogue scene and there are, there are moments in that movie where I could not understand what he was saying because of his unique honey monster voice and you know that he'll, he'll be just going well it's all about family <coughs> sorry <coughs> yeah it's all about family really and he'll sound like Joe Pasquale yes I think that's 100% definitely going to happen and not nonsense I know a song that'll get on your nerves Actually, many Vin Diesel songs will get on your nerves. Anyway. Did he not release a single? Or yes. I made that he did, yes. yes. He did. Sing it for me. No, I can't <laughs> remember it. <laughs> no one remembers it. No one listened to the entire thing anyway. I see trees of green. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I'll it was the, this in my podcast. I think entry. it was the Pazuzu remix. <laughs> <laughs> Pazuzu mega mix. <laughs> wow. <laughs> your mother sucks cocks in hell. Oh. Anyway, listen, let's get on with the show. Helen, stay alive. Yeah. Stay with us, Helen. Stay away from the light. <laughs> stay away from Thank the light. Okay. Uh, every now and again, folks at home, um, because Helen is dialing in through the magic of what I assume is just magic. Uh, she's, you sound great. You sound pristine. But I think every now and again, there might be a little bit of digital interference. If that happens, you just got to give us a benefit of the doubt. All right? Okay? If that happens, if that happens. Just roll with the punches, folks. Roll with the punches. Digital Speaking interference, of- incidentally, is the name of my techno band. <laughs> True story. Are they tumescent? Yes, and cromulent. <laughs> Scrumptulicious, or whatever it was. Scrumtrillescent. Scrumtrillescent. Tumescent, certainly. There oh, is no way you would ever have a techno band if you <laughs> if, if you did have a band. It would be like Ross and Friends. What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> I mean, Am I not cool enough? Look at you. <laughs> I resent that. No, well, listen, like you that. resemble like, oh, that. I resemble that remark. Crusty uh, 90s relics. Yeah, it's true. I am very much a, a child of grunge. Crusty jugglers. Uh, all right, we have a question. We have a question this week. Let's get into the question because we don't have much time. Uh, pull back the curtain further. Our studio was gone. <laughs> it was like Brigadoon. It just, it just, or like the, or like the castle from Krull. It, is. it just keeps moving every time the we, we try to find it. The studio rises at dawn tomorrow <laughs> in the Iron Desert. Yes, uh, Bernard Breslau was last seen trying to, <laughs> trying to hold the walls open. <laughs> so we're closing in on him. Uh, terrible way to go. Anyway, we have a question from Obi Moo. Obi Moo, uh, who says, So many films today have bland, forgettable names, but the ones that stand out. <laughs> Wild Speed Max combo would beg to differ. But the ones that stand out are films with a single word or name as their title. Even something as prosaic as plain is memorable. Uh, since the One Word Film Festival is on this weekend. Is it? Apparently. But this was sent last weekend, so it might have been last weekend. Oh, Which I, directors I well. make up your Mount Rushmore? Oh, it's a Mount Rushmore question. I love these. I love oh, a Mount boy. Rushmore question. Which directors make up your Mount Rushmore for one word film naming? All right, I don't like that question. Hang on. What? That's not the question so I sent you guys. Who no, no, made for, one forget, word films. forget that. Forget that. Can we just put the films on the Mount Rushmore? It's just the films. It's a Mount Rushmore of one. Yeah. Word so films. instead of having the visage of the filmmakers, we are going to chisel the movie posters into the mountain. Yes, correct. Three Dified. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. Can I begin? You can begin. Oh God, help Dune. Us. Oh no. Uh, oh God. No, my, my Mount Rushmore will have Dune, aliens, aliens predator, predator <laughs> commando. <laughs> That's it. Okay, that's, four. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a long segment. I forgot no. how tired and predictable James is. <laughs> and Dune takes up the first four places anyway because of all the U's. <laughs> 
It's Mount Rushmore. <laughs> uh, die hard if you if you squint. Could be one die word. and hard. Die hard. Yes, oh, yeah, you've already misunderstood. Yes. Um, would, Terminate to mescent. That would, would be Rush, another. Would Rushmore not be on the top of the Mount Rushmore of? Uh, That's too meta. I mean, it could be. Wow. All right, Alex, uh, go for it then. What are your four? Are you putting Rushmore on your four? Uh, no, I do like Rushmore, but let's face it. It's a good film. film but, you know, just throwing shade at Wes Anderson for some reason. Well, this is between him and me. Um, good, good fellas. It's <laughs> good fellas. Good fellas is my favorite film. It is. I mean, it is one word, but only on the technicality. No, it's a neologism. The technicality it's a of it being compound one word. word. No, 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 no. It's one word. It's one word. I mean, it is technically one word, but yes. it is two words. Oh, but and also it, actually. What you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love actually, on and, the other hand, is two words. And physically. <laughs> what are you trying to get me out for? <laughs> love actually. It's a one word film title. <laughs> if it's ever a Mount Rushmore category we do in this podcast and Love Actually makes it on there, I, I dread to think what the category is going to be. <laughs> would it make, even make Richard Curtis movies? <laughs> it honestly would make my Richard Curtis Mount Rushmore. Oh, Dear God horrible. in heaven. Anyway, okay. Alex, yes. Some more. Goodfellas? Yeah, good fellas. Good fellas. We did yeah. that. Yeah. Casablanca. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Casablanca. Why are you telling hey, do you, do you want to play? Sorry, I'm trying to help. <laughs> Let me speak. We're, no, com- we're, we're coming to Helen. We're coming to Helen. Okay, in a second. She's going to put Casablanca on there. That's one. That's true. That's a Helen film. Robocop. <laughs> Robocop. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> he's a robot and he's a cop. He how, do we, how do we know? It could be pronounced Robocop. 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 Rob- Robocop. Robocop. No. Robocop. It's, yeah, it's French. (laughs) Sorry, do I have COVID? (laughs) It seems possible. Robocop. Um, Robocop. Hang on. Can you hear that? Yeah. I think think that joke died and they're coming to resuscitate it. (laughs) (laughs) Was that you, Helen? Please, my Robocop. He's very sick. (laughs) Helen, have you just pressed the panic alarm? (laughs) It's like, get me out of here. I've been trying to get one put in for years. Here. <laughs> years. <laughs> All right, Alex, serve the public gone. trust, protect gone. the innocent, uphold the law, and four, give me two more one word films Batman. Oh, wait for it. 1966. Yes, 1966. What? What? No tourists are coming to your mouth more. Good. What about. I don't want them. Okay, all right. What's wrong with that? No, no, no. Well, what's right with it? You not enjoy I, Adam listen, West? I enjoy this, the, the 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 stylings of the Adam West Burt Ward combo as much as the next person. Uh, well, actually, I don't because you're the next person and you enjoy it more than me. But I love that film. But I it's not better film. than Tim Burton's. No, Batman, it's not. Is no, it? yeah. I, I look. I, I love Batman Returns. I if it's two words, then, Alex. It's a no, very no, simple. No, that, that's not part of the game. Okay. I would much rather watch Adam West Batman <laughs> than 989 Batman for a laugh. Any day of the week. Oh it's fucking goodness. great. I, I didn't know that was such a curveball. It is. I mean... You yeah. people. You people. You um, bad people. And I was going to throw in seven as the fourth one. That's Ooh. a good answer. I, I, okay. All right. I'm going to wait to hear Helen's choices. By the way, I don't have... <laughs> I haven't thought this through. So, I so James can give you myself. Ideas. Yeah, James. I'm just copying his. Cobra. Rocky. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, depending on how fast you speak. Uh, Creed. Jaws? Oh, Jaws. Jaws. No, anyway, excuse me. Listen, we're not, we're, not, we're not doing hey, me yet. Stop, we're not stop doing stealing me. Helen's film. We're not doing oh. me. Hell's yeah. Bells? Sorry. Okay. So, Casablanca and Jaws. And Jaws, yes, correct. And Aliens. Aliens. Um, crossover. Yes. And then, honestly, at one point I had four one-word um, Spielberg titles just for lols. Okay, let me um, guess what they are. Then. I even Jewel? managed to avoid 
Go ahead. Okay, Duel. Yeah, it uh, wasn't one, but no one's be. putting yeah. really? Mount Rushmore. You're not putting yeah, Hook in. You're not putting Hook in yours. I mean, I might. You know, Raiders doesn't count. Really. <laughs> no, I know. Especially now they keep adding words to the title. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking it away. Uh, all right, so not Duel, and not Hook, Lincoln, Collateral. It's not Steven Spielberg film. I'm just throwing out words. <laughs> Do each of you understand the rules of this question? Heat's a good answer. Heat is a good answer. <laughs> fucking, that's one I've got. And then three Gerard Butler movies. <laughs> Pain! No, honestly, honestly, Chris, I was going to pin in Hook for lols. I was going to do, no one, you know... Hook, hook and lols should not belong yeah, in the same no, sentence. Yeah, but like so often together. But I was going to do, you know, the respectable Jaws, the very me Lincoln, and then yeah. just blow your mind by saying Amistad and Hook. Amistad and Hook. <laughs> I don't know. But that's not an entirely serious answer. No, so. okay. So what is your entirely serious answer? So, so Casablanca, going, Casablanca Jaws, Jaws, Aliens. Aliens. And, and what the hell? Dune. Dune. <laughs> All right. Except it's not, is it? It's Dune part one. Oh. Oh, no. We are not on. disqualifying it on a technicality. <laughs> I know. That, that not is a, not happening. Stop calling titles technicalities. <laughs> if it's called Dune part one, it's a three word title. <laughs> you, right. And, I'm, and, I'm taking you out of my water entry. <laughs> Just to be clear, if it's the apartment, that's is that two no. words? I mean, are two we words. really closing two the... words? Don't uh, this Can, is not what? the. What if you call it the apartment? L'appartement. L'appartement. Yeah, that's a good point. If it's, it's in French, you get, French. get away with that. Is there a French film with one word? No. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, girlhood. Maybe. Girlhood. Being one. Yeah. Uh, most of uh, Gaspar uh, Noé's films. No that's way. That's true. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> love. Love. Very good. Love. Love. Climax. I beg your pardon. Irreversible. Yes. Vortex. You could have yeah. a Gaspar Norway film. I wouldn't recommend it. You, but you made me Gaspar do it, it. Really Chris. You made me do yeah. it for the magazine. You'd made me watch all of his films in a mm. row. Gaspar, yeah. yes, way. I have no memory. Yeah, for this. binge watch. How about uh, you could do a you couple of Arias? This was like 11 and a half hours. <laughs> and I really did it. Now well. that's a good time. I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Helen. Ariaster. Uh, yeah. Hereditary, hereditary or her Uh And then we have Midsummer, and then Bowsford. Bo. Most, <laughs> um, most, well, not most, but a lot of Christopher Nolan films are one word. Yes, they are. He's the master of the one word title. Mm. Apart from someone else, I'm going to mention in a second. I will replace Dune with Inception if I'm genuinely not allowed it on your Inception. ridiculous grammatical technicality. Yes. How about Inception. Arrival? Arrival's yeah. a good shout. As is Sicario. Sicario. Yeah, he loves his one words as well. Prisoners. Hitchcock, lots of Hitchcock. Sorry, oh, I'm just yeah. saying words. Uh, but Hitchcock was the guy I was thinking about. Nolan, obviously, yes, one word titles. Following, Memento, uh, Inception, uh, Tenet, Interstellar. Interstellar, Oppenheimer, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. The only, the odd <gasps> ones out, uh, Insomnia, oh, if I said Insomnia, insomnia uh, the odd ones out are, uh, you know, there's Batman ones. And, yeah. Yeah. and the Prestige. And the, pres the, and the Prestige. prestige. Yeah. I failed you. I, mean, I failed oh, you. God. You mentioned Oppenheimer, that obviously brings up... Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> which is going to be the answer to this, presumably, in a couple more months, right? Is it? I mean, I don't know. Greta Gerwig thinks to make a lot more one-word movies, because she hasn't, because Lady Bird technically is two words. No, it isn't. It is the way it's styled. Hang on, hang on. If I if if this is this no, is no, a technicality no, no, as well, but no, 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 no. It's, it's, not one, it's not even a technicality. You look at it. The title oh, it's of that Lady, movie. Yeah, Lady it's Bird. Lady Bird. Even though Lady Bird is one word. Yeah, and Little yeah. Women, in which Florence Pugh gets um, machine gunned in a dies in a hail of bullets. Yeah. Um, which I believe is the full title of that movie. Mm. Yeah, that's obviously not one word. Barbie is one word. 
Noah Baumbach. Um, it's two words. It's two words. <laughs> Noah Baumbach. <laughs> Noah Baumbach. The Mayorid stories, new and selected. That's not one word. Is I don't it, know. Okay, so we're we now doing all subtitles that are more than one word. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we hear from Noah Baumbach, the no. director of White Noise? No, no, absolutely not. Helen spoke to him. About <laughs> oh, boy. Chisel that into your mouth, Rushmore. I am so tempted to play that interview in full right now. I'm not going to do it. Anyway, yes, uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock was the, the modern master before Nolan became the modern master of the one-word title. How many Hitchcock one-word titles can you think of? North by Northwest. So vertigo. Vertigo. Vertigoing. Psycho, vertigon. Psycho. Vertigo. Rebecca. Actually, it's Vertigo Part 1. No. So. Nope. Uh, Marnie. The Vertigo. Notorious. Marnie. No, no, Notorious. See, that's a so, lot. Psycho. He probably had more than anyone. In terms Rebecca. Of it's what he's known yeah. for, I think. Lovely Rebecca. Who's in? Dune. Dune! So it all comes full circle, doesn't it? It does. Wow. It all comes full circle. Uh, Alex, you're a big David Lynch fan. Thank you. A razor head. Dune. Correct. Dune. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. It's, it's pathological at this point. It's like Pavlov's dog. It's like if you ring a little bell, it just, it just goes Dune. Yeah. Uh, David Lynch's Dune actually would no, make the Rushmore. Most of his films are t- two or threes. Two or threes. You said that in a very strange way. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. All right. So the, is all, a razor head one word? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's on a technicality. A Razorhead, Dune, Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drew. Yeah, um, in Inland Empire, Twin Pikes, yeah. Fire, Walk With Me, The Elephant Man. Mm, yeah, that's true. Mm. All right. Mulholland, yeah. Uh, what about what about Sir Ritter's Alien? Alien. Gladiator. Gladiator. Thelma mm. and Louise. Uh, is that it? Is it 1492 if we just if we ignore the rest of the title? Uh, the Conquest of Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Scorsese? Uh, yeah. Scorsese? I don't uh, know if he was a one-word sort of guy. Was? Kunden. He's still technically alive. Uh, yeah, very much technicality. So. Yeah. <laughs> the technicality being he's alive. Yeah. Uh, Kunden. Kunden. Goodfellas. Mm. Casino. 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 I love Casino. But um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Spielberg, we've done already. Uh, what about the MCU? Hell, what about superhero films? You know, by their very definition, a lot of them are yeah. subtitly. But Blade, Blade, Laser, Laser. Batman, Laser. Yeah, Superman. Yeah. Superman. Well, that's Superman technically movie, a Superman the movie, isn't it? Damn it! Daredevil. Damn it. Daredevil yeah. was one. Daredevil. Yes. Daredevil. Here's Daredevil, my. Here's my yes. four. Here's my four. Okay. Okay. Daredevil. Elektra. Yeah. Catwoman, <laughs> brackets, 2005, directed by Pitoff, <laughs> close brackets. <laughs> Very close to what Hollywood told him to do afterwards. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Very good. See, she's, she may be dying, but she's still got it. Can I just say, this, oh. this is like this is like a weird, so normally when we do this, when someone dials in, we have them on a little screen. So I, I'm watching see. Helen right oh, now. So I don't have Helen in front of me here, so it's like she's my conscience just talking to me in my head, just <laughs> Randomly telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing, which actually is what a lot of my life is like. Like the amazing, yeah. the amazing Jiminy I mean, Cricket in Puss and Boots, The Last Wish. <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> it must have been a bit of a shock to finally have someone telling you, "Don't do that, please." Yeah. yeah. So I just hear this voice in my head. It's like Molly's Game is a three-star film. I'm like, what? What is this? Stop saying June like that. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. One. All right. <laughs> Stop saying June part one. <laughs> so. Okay, I'm oh I'm gonna go. Here's my four. Here's my four. I'm going okay, in. I'm okay. going all in. I'm going all in. I'm gonna try not to replicate you too many. Of your tr- I didn't do my four. Is this, are you doing you like did. a second take? No, this is an actual genuine four. 
Okay. My four wasn't Daredevil, Electra, and no, Catwoman. No, but you don't get this. No do-overs. I didn't, I, I, did, okay. I didn't say any previously. Right. You did. But, All right. Yeah. So technically, I'm going to have to disqualify with some reluctance Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Apparently, there's too many words in that title. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go for, I am going to go for Heat because it is one of the greatest movies ever made. And again, I'm going to mention that it was nominated for not a single Oscar. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Madness. Absolute madness. Uh, I'm going to go for. <laughs> I'm going to go for. <sighs> see, this is the thing I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to like you know, duplicate. But I've got to go for aliens. How can you not? Go so for well, aliens? three of you said aliens. aliens. I've yeah. got to because it is yeah. the correct answer to every question. Yeah, I've got to. I've got to go for. I'm going to go for a comedy. There aren't many one-word comedies. Airplane. But there is airplane. Bowfinger. Bowfinger. No airplane. <laughs> Bow I love Bowfinger. Finger. But, <laughs> yes. Oh, a Bond. No. Don't be stupid, Chris. Spectre. <laughs> Octopussy. Yes. 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 All the best bonds have one-word titles. My final choice is Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> um, my final choice, uh, I mean, there's so many Jerry Butler movies to choose from, aren't there really? Uh, I'm going to have to go for... Chappie. Green. The Chappie. <laughs> now, 300 is two words, but Greenland. written as one, as three digits. What's the second? So, mm. you know. I was just thinking the same well, thing. Well, 300. Yeah. Is it? But it's written as 300. So does it count? Oh, well, it's written as two, two words or three digits. All right. I've got it. I've got it. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry. I've let you down. I'm not going for 300. I'm not going for Paddington. I'm not, sorry. I'm, I've changed it. I've, I've given you. I've given it away. Um, <laughs> I've given it away. <laughs> also, little known fact, Jared Butler is Paddington. That's true. Yeah. This the, is marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks Mr. Brown down a well. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to go for a Jerry Butler film. Uh, and unless something better occurs to me during the making of this this podcast, then I'm going to go for Heat, Aliens, Airplane, and Paddington. That's solid. I Not as solid as it would be if Paddington 2 was one word. I know, right? Solid. You said you were going to have a comedy, though. But I, but I really wanted to fuck off. I really, <laughs> wanted, I really wanted the horror, right? But there aren't that many... Horrors that are actually one word. There's, there's alien, Halloween, obviously. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do alien and aliens. We just uh, talked about hereditary and. I'm not putting hereditary in my Mount Rushmore. It's, a, it's going to take me ages to carve it into the mountain in the first place. I've got to wipe <laughs> the presidents off the, off the face of the earth. Oh, that sounds like a threat. If you are the Secret Service and you're hmm. listening to this podcast, that was just me talking about the presidents' faces on Mount Rushmore. I was not threatening POTUS. Whew, I think I got away with that one. Uh, anyway. I've got to take, it's going to take me ages to carve it. I'm not going to carve in hereditary, for the love of God. But a lot of the great horror films have the definite article in them, don't they? The mm. Omen, The Exorcist, The mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The, you know, the Thing. The Thing, the precisely, right? And even Halloween is John Carpenter's Halloween, technically, right? So mm. that eliminates that. Mm. So I'm not going to go for the David Gordon Green Halloween. Am I left with the oh, Rob Zombie crazy. Halloween? Insidious. No. Insidious. No. Sinister. Yeah. Sinister. No. Well, it's a great film, but no. Come on. Paddington, Heat, Aliens, Airplane. That is a cracking quadruple bill. Prove me wrong, Silent Bob. Also, if you keep saying that, I fairly certain you're going to activate the Winter Soldier. Clarks. <laughs> Mole rats. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you want to have your question read out in the Emperor podcast, and why the hell would you not after that, quite frankly, you can get in touch with us via one method, really, which is Twitter. I'm at Chris Hewitt on Twitter. You can slide into my DMs if you so desire. You can reply to any of my tweets. Should you be able to see them? Because I still don't have a blue tick. I haven't I haven't capitulated. I'm holding firm at the moment. Holding firm. I'll have it's it. just sitting there in a closed envelope I know. in front of you. I know. What if it expires? And then yeah. you it might expire. After all. It won't. It won't. Oh god, what if it does? Anyway, uh, or you can reply to any of my tweets uh, or wait for a panicked shout-out every now and again. Uh, Alex has taken a cool, refreshing drink of what looks like Pepsi Max, so I'm already it's judging him. cherry Pepsi Max. Dear it's just god. a bunch of stale chemicals at this point. <laughs> Dear god in heaven. Uh, you're in a dark place when you're buying cherry Pepsi Max. Um, I'm in a pod room. He's <laughs> perpetually in a dark place. Uh, shall we talk about some movie news? What is happening? Mm. Oh, we should have a look at the, well, there was There were a few trailers, weren't there? There were all of the there trailers were. this week. There were many, many as, trailers. As you guys were running around trying desperately to find a studio, they finally dropped a trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, did they? Oh. Some of my questions have been somewhat answered. As to why right? it's so expensive. Who killed the Flower Moon? As to why it's so expensive. Is part of the trailer just Leonardo DiCaprio counting a whole bunch of money? Yes. With his agent. No, but it's, it is, you know, there are sort of like trains arriving in town and, you know, a couple of shots of DC and stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm a little further on in understanding the scale of it. I still, you know, I still feel like you could make it cheaper, but no disrespect. I'm not saying that Martin Scorsese hey, has I to did, make it cheaper. I, I, I'm just there confused was an, by it. There was an interview with him uh recently and he was asked mm-hmm. about the money and I get the impression that they just offered him all of that money and like why would he say no I, and I imagine well, he just maybe paid people more and built bigger bigger sets I think I mean I'm sure I'm sure he did pay people more and I'm sure he did build bigger sets but but definitely the reason it took a long time to make was I think money and it was at one point budgeted for more and then there was a story that they had to knock the budget down so I, I don't think that that's maybe hmm. entirely accurate hmm. Mm. But look, it looks fantastic. This is—I've never had an agenda against this film. I've never not been excited about seeing this film. I've just been confused about how it could be that expensive, and 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 clearly he is going for the epic scope. He's going for epic scale. He's starting the story a long time before really the meat of the story in the book, giving a lot more context, giving a lot more kind of um, development to certain characters, yeah. and that could be very interesting. All right, I haven't seen it yet, so it looks good. Everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks yeah. incredible. Is it yeah. better yeah. or worse than the trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's? Well, I'm confused by that because didn't Nicolas Cage just make that movie? He did, but um, it, that was an awful movie. I mean, so 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 terrible. I'm still yeah. struggling to come to terms with it. Uh, that was Wally's Wonderland, Willy's Wonderland. I can't even yeah, remember Wally's, the name. Yeah. Yeah. Wally's yeah. Wonderland. This one has been in development for years. At yeah, House. I think they've just been. You know, development hell, but this is an official adaptation of Five Nights okay. at Freddy's, whereas Wally's Wonderland seemed to be inspired, shall we say, by I by see, that uh, beloved video game, which of uh, course I'm very familiar with. Yeah. Very, very mm-hmm. familiar with. And so Josh Hutchison, uh, he he's he's in this as a security guard who, despite being only three feet tall, is hired to look after this pizza place, and uh, there he and various people get attacked by. The mascots of this place they seem to come to life at night. And, and this is literally the Nicolas Cage film. How the <laughs> hell did they get away with that? Uh, anyway, and uh, and they get attacked by these mascots, which are brought to life by the Jim Henson Company. 
Ooh. Terrifying. Mm, they're actual animatronic puppets. That'll be fun. Yeah. That's exciting. That's a good, good Except plan. for presumably Josh Hutcherson's character, who probably he is won't not. be having much fun. No, he won't be. And Josh Hutcherson, we should also stress, is not brought to life by the Jim Henson Company. Have any of you played this game? No. Actually, no. It is one of the few games I have not played. But no, I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's. There's a work experience fellow in the office at the moment. and um, He seems I, like a youth. He'll know. He'll have played it. Is he animatronic? Well, no. I, I don't know. Brought to life by I, I, I said this is based on a game, right? And he said it's based on nine games. There's loads of them. Yeah, there's a big... If you go on the... Nine games? The Apple, so six nights at Freddy's, seven nights at Freddy's, and it just gets to... <laughs> don't know. Yeah. If you go on the Apple Store, there's loads and loads of these games. Just different sequels and stuff Seems and I think the idea is to stay alive by. or I, I don't really understand it but it's from Blumhouse they tend hey. to know what they're doing by yeah. and large so yeah. yeah it looks like it could be a, a lot of fun uh, what other trailers were because I'll tell you the one that really blew me away this Haunted week. Mansion which one? Haunted Mansion no I, I didn't <laughs> know that existed and I, I I resent you slightly for bringing it up uh, <laughs> but the no, the one that really really uh, tickled my fancy was the return of Gareth Edwards yes it looks good a film that, when it was announced, was called True Love and has been under the radar for some time. And it is now called The Creator. And if you haven't seen this trailer, then you know, stop the podcast and go and check it out because it looks mm-hmm. incredible. And whenever this movie was first announced, it's his first movie since Rogue One as a director, which is now knocking on for seven years. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there were various goings-on on Rogue One. Um that have ultimately led to Andor, but I feel like that did knock his career a little bit, even though it made a billion dollars and everyone everyone loved it. But it seemed to knock his career a little bit, and maybe he stepped away to lick his wounds and to reflect. And when this movie was first announced, I thought, oh, that's nice. Gareth Edwards is doing another sci-fi movie. Maybe it's going to be something smaller scale, like like Monsters, his debut, his incredible debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> Ooh, <very laughs> it is so. not. Yeah. He is somehow seems to have made a movie without anyone really, really knowing about it or keeping tabs on it that looks astonishing. And you can't yeah. spell astonishing without AI. Oh, boy. And that factors into the plot. Which is incredible, really, because that trailer was all about AI, and AI was not in the public consciousness anywhere near as much it is now when he would have been writing or making that film it seems incredibly prescient mm-hmm. mm. which you can spell without AI yeah I think mm. I think it's it's kind of interesting that you know we're the, the, the nonsense we're talking about daily about AI is mostly massive language models and this is I find it very satisfying that this was not just like a sort of big Skynet style yeah. you know machine intelligence but also robot people Living love. their robot lives in robot towns, <laughs> which robot looks people. quite fun to me. Yeah. So this this seems to be, you know, it, it's got obviously shades of the Terminator. Avatar, there's a one-word movie. <laughs> None of us mentioned Avatar. <laughs> I did think about it beforehand and then I forgot. <laughs> Titanic, James Cameron, Aliens, Titanic, Avatar, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, I tell you what, what, what should be interesting though is Gareth obviously came onto the scene with, uh, what was the film, Mon- Monsters? Mm-hmm. Monsters, yeah. Which and he was heralded as heralded as a great new voice with this brilliant new sci-fi vision. Yeah. And then sort of disappeared into doing franchise mumbo jumbo, you know, to varying degrees of yeah. success. And it looks like, well, this is him doing another one of his things again. And frankly, it's been a long time since that first film. So it'd be nice to see what he does with his own vision on his own terms, because I don't think yeah. we've had that from him since since he broke out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So this is uh, John David Washington, we should say, with the, with the plots about. So it seems to be that it's set in the 
the fairly near future, but you know, still fairly distant future. Uh, but it said at some point in the future, that's a better way of saying it, Chris. Uh, and John David, basically AI has run amok, not in the Skynet style, uh, but not far off, in that AI has become self-aware to some extent and has somehow set off a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles. And mankind mm. has not taken too kindly to this, despite the fact that you can't spell mankind without AI. Mm. Makes you think, doesn't it? Oh God, really makes you think. Also, you can't spell makes you think without AI. Anyway... Uh, so they set up a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles. Mankind goes, oi, stop that, computers, dickheads, and uh, basically starts hunting AI down somehow. And AI, I guess, has some sort of physical representation. Hayley Joel Osment. Hayley Joel Osment. Uh, so it's a hunt for Hayley Joel Osment. It's like Five Nights at Freddy's, only with John David Washington <laughs> hunting down Joel, uh, Hayley uh, Joel Osment. Uh, and then what seems to be that they, they track the, they, 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 they get down to the lair, the bad guy's lair. And AI seems to be represented here by a small child who John David Washington can't bring himself to kill. Hey, baby Hitler. Joel Osmond. <laughs> Joel Osmond. Yeah. Uh, and he can't bring himself to kill it, kill baby Hitler. And so he seems to go on the run with baby Hitler. And um, which you can also can't spell without AI. And Stop it. I, I, oh, I know, but once you see it, once you see the patterns, it's, it's everywhere. everywhere. No, <laughs> no, it's everywhere, man. It's everywhere. I feel Chris, like Charlie I'm Day in that. You to sleep. <laughs> I feel like Charlie Please. Day in that moment from It's Only Sunny in Philadelphia. Which, by the way, oh my god, you cannot spell Philadelphia without AI. <sighs> the patterns are there, man. The patterns are there. <laughs> He's gone full truther. Um, so John David Washington goes and run with this kid, and then it all kicks off. Seems to be. Yes. There you go. There you go. That's my pressy. And sleep. Here I'm for here it. for it. Yes. <laughs> it looks amazing. It looks amazing. Yes. I'm yeah. so excited. That wasn't the only big trailer. Though. It wasn't. No. There was also Haunted Mansion. But let's oh not talk gosh. about that for a second. And let's talk about <laughs> Mission Impossible, Mission colon Impossible dash dead hyphen reckoning <laughs> apostrophe part dash one, uh, which is just looks like the most amazing thing ever, right? Like it's yeah. just, I was, I was positively whooping and bouncing out of my seat while watching this trailer. Yeah, it was very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it made it hard for people to watch. Yeah. It really did. It really did. This looks great. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I spoke to Chris McCory for a Twitter breakdown, which is on for the website. A brief, brief chat. A brief chat. Five, yeah, ten how minutes. Long, how long was that chat in actuality? <laughs> Hour and a half. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. I, I think <laughs> we, uh, we asked now. for 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, a tight 15. <laughs> What's interesting about the trailer is that there's actually quite a lot of repeats of shots or, you know, mm. that, you know it seems to be basically showing you a little bit of the stuff that, that wowed us all in the first trailer. So basically, they're, they're taking the, the line of thinking, if you have Tom Cruise driving a bike off a cliff on day one of the shoot and the world knows that exists, then we're going to stick it in the trailer. We're mm. going to put it in the trailer. We're going to make yeah. it you know, front and center for the marketing campaign. And we're going to do it twice. We're going to do it in the, tra- in the teaser and we're going to do it in the trailer as well. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this is that I, you know, I still don't know what the plot of this film is, but it looks incredible. So mm. Ethan Hunt, something from Ethan Hunt's past is coming back Kittridge. to haunt his present. Kittredge is there, but it's also something else from his past is coming back uh-huh. to The rabbit's to foot. Him. The rabbit's foot finally has gained <laughs> sentience. I think it's all those fish that died when he smashed up that... Um, <laughs> Fish tank with Kittredge. <laughs> Nemo, Nemo's revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Dory finds you. <laughs> and then forgets about it immediately. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I think it's going to be great, but uh, I should recuse myself from this conversation. Um, it will be great. So you guys can talk about it instead. No, I mean, same. that's the same thing that occurred to me. Like, we, we're seeing more of what we've seen before. 
but without necessarily more understanding of what gets us from A to train fight to jumping off a cliff. Which is fine. To car chase, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, in some ways it's a much better way to be than the films that give away everything. But yeah, um, but yeah I'm, just, better, I'm just yeah. super excited for it. And yeah, I know now that film is just, here are some images of some action happening. It doesn't it look good. But that's what McQuarrie says in the trailer breakdown. He says that uh, yeah. he and Tom Cruise have basically, over the, the films they've made together, they don't like when people give away the story in a trailer. So they're going to give him images. And he also said that basically, you know, there are images towards the end of the train fight sequence where you basically, Tom Cruise and Hayley Atwell go zero gravity and there's a sequence that ends with Tom Cruise hanging off a train, which I can only assume they did for real yeah. because they're maniacs. Uh, and, you know, McQuarrie was basically like, and this is what we're willing to show you. So essentially the, the subtext being, what are we holding back? Uh, I'm very, very excited about this movie. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. excited about it. it. Also, this is 2023 is a year in which three of the biggest films of the year are only half a film or a third of a film. June part two, Fast mm -hmm. Ten, Fast, fast which is actually Fast Ten yeah. part one, and Dead Reckoning part one. Bring Fast. In I'm it. sorry, I, I apologise for polluting <laughs> the waters, but uh, we'll get onto that later. Do we have to? We do. We do. Right so. Have you seen right it? So. No. Okay. Ah, then speak not. Lest you be spoken to? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but that looks great, doesn't it? Dead Reckoning Part 1 looks fantastic. They're always good. Yeah. You know it's going to yeah. be good. They don't let you down. It's going to be a good time with the movies. Uh, July f 11th. July 11th now opens here in July 11th, <gasps> not July 14th. We get three days ahead of the States. Haha, -ha, take that, Kissinger. And... Uh, <laughs> Know why I chose him? <laughs> okay, you know what? Fine. <laughs> it was aimed very yeah. much at him. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> uh, there was also the trailer for Extraction Two. Oh, oh my, my God! God. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Rake's Revenge. This is cinema, except it's not because it's on Netflix. But if it wasn't cinema, it would be cinema. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I, look, I'm enjoying this. I'm I'm excited for the whole the big you know fake one that they're talking about. This 20 minutes. Yeah, look at a 20 with minute him on fire. Yeah, with, they literally set him on fire. Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah, That's my idea of a good time. So this should be this should be only a bit of him. In fairness, he only set his arm on fire. They didn't like yeah. full Pink Floyd. Wish you were here. Yeah, big cover. deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's more than my Hemsworth. He, he might say. Uh, yeah, so this is Chris Hemsworth. He's returning as Tyler Rake. Uh, Sam the Hargrave, legendary. The legendary Tyler Rake. We thought he was dead, but he got better. And uh, he's coming back for more, and he's going to extract someone again. And He's coming uh, back for more because um, the record-breaking number of people watched the first six minutes of extraction. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, that is the it. algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> Deploy <laughs> algorithm. And, Unless uh, John David Washington stops the algorithm in its tracks. I still trouble. don't understand that film. <laughs> which is why Tenet is not on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, oh, I meant um, I meant the creator. Oh, I see. I thought you meant... Because didn't, didn't he have to do that in Tenet as well? Yeah. I don't know. No oh, one knows. Know. Nobody knows. Who understands Tenet? I understand all of it. I'm really clever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Extraction 2. I mean, this was just like a, a big week of films declaring they were cinema, right? Yes. Mm. You know, Mission, Creator. Haunted I'm Mansion. I'm sure the Scorsese looks pretty good. Okay, we'll talk about your beloved Haunted Mansion in a second. Uh, but Extraction 2. And guys, you're not going to believe this. This is going to blow your fucking mind. You cannot spell Extraction oh, without oh, AI. Just, just, no. Please stop. Please, please make it stop. Let's talk about films that are not being made. The Twins sequel, mm. 
Uh, I believe it was going to be called Triplets. Yes. Twins, the 1986, 7, 8 film uh, with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. A classic comedy of sorts. They've been threatening, <laughs> threatening to make a sequel for a long time. I believe Eddie Murphy was considering it for a long time and then dropped out and um, Tracy Morgan was being considered. And then Ivan Reitman died and Hollywood Reporter spoke <gasps> Ghostbusters. to... You okay? <laughs> You're putting that on your Mount Rushmore. One word Mount Rushmore. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Technically one word, James. Yeah, it's a technicality. Oh, no. Sometimes it is spelled ghost it, space. It Busters. shouldn't be. Shouldn't no, be. That's wrong. Anyway, carry anyway. on, please. please um, what am I talking about? Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Uh, yes. James, what was it you just said? Um, you yes. said Jason uh, Reitman stepped in and said, no, oi, Arnold, know, no. Specifically, because Hollywood Reporter yeah. were interviewing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. And they said, oh, is that still being made? And his immediate direct answer was, Jason Reitman fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, genuinely not, not happy. happy. Basically said, Ivan Reitman died, and Jason, Jason Reitman went, uh, no, we won't be doing that. <laughs> to which I say, good, yeah, because it was going to be bad, no one wanted it, stop doing stuff again, unnecessary, move on. I have to say, so I spoke to Arnold about triplets 11 years ago. He (laughs) spoke at length about how it was about to be made 11 years ago. He was really, really excited about it, so clearly really wanted to do it. I imagine when he heard the news from Jason Reitman, he had triplets. Listen, (laughs) it wasn't going to be a good film. You don't know that? It wasn't going to be a good film. We we could probably take a punt on that with Dodgeball. (laughs) Anchorman. Oh, God. No, that's actually the Anchorman. All right. Let me me throw in this. Let me throw in this bomb. Is Twins a good film? No. That's, hey, you know, well, hey, well, I mean, come on. No, but like it's no, but like it's iconic. Like, isn't you know? It has yes, an image, it's got a good it poster. A yeah. Name, well, it was. Name. It was Arnold does comedy, which kind of blew people's minds, right? Was yeah. it before Kindergarten Cop? It, it was. Yeah, it was his yeah. first. It was, it was his Twins. First they did three movies together. He and Wright, and they did yeah. Twins, and they did Kindergarten Cop, and then they did Junior. Junior. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah look, I, returns, twins really. was twins was like quite funny, I, I, but you I, don't need thirty years on another one. You don't need it. No, See, taken as a whole, I would probably pick Kindergarten Cop over Twins. I would go Kindergarten Cop. See, Helen, I don't think it's diminishing returns. I think it goes. It starts small, goes up, a bit like Danny DeVito standing next to Arnold, <laughs> yeah, no. and then goes down again, which is Eddie Murphy. Which See, is Eddie I don't Murphy. think yeah. I don't like Kindergarten Cop. I think as much as you two do, <gasps> because you've got very you've got very fond memories of like those two lines that Boys you quote incessantly. Penis girls have a vagina. Yeah, classic uh, I, I thought like you that. were going to go with the who is your daddy and what does oh, he do? Yeah. Daddy, what does he do? My name is but, John but Kimball I and I really. love my car. <laughs> Three lines. <laughs> Three lines. Whereas I can remember nothing from Twins. Nothing. That's, that's okay, what, true, but you know, then I haven't had you guys quoting it at me for years. A one line that's not quoting. But uh, yeah, Arnold, Arnold, by the way, mm. Mount Rushmore of one-word titles, right? I mean, you had two of them already. Commando. Yes. Commando, Predator, Eraser. <laughs> <laughs> and Junior. 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 It is you, Junior. junior. <laughs> I thought you were one of them. Wow. Men. They usually come through the door, Dad. What about uh, punctuation in titles? How do we feel about Spider-Man? How do we feel about Face Off? Oh. I'm, I'm not holding with compound words. I just, I just, it makes me upset. <laughs> Spider-Man is, is one word. <laughs> it's it not. Is. It's I two have, words hyphenated. I have no truck with making one words. <laughs> <laughs> no, making two words hyphenated. It's like no. Spice Girls. Well, Robocop, it? I'll let you get away with. It's a compound word that's been scrunched no, it's, together. It's Robocop. <laughs> Robocop. Only in France. Uh, Spider-Man, no. No, no. Are you saying that's a two-word title? Uh, I'm saying that, yes. That his name is Spider-Man. 
His name is no, that'd be Spiderman. It's uh, it's been like John Spiderman. It's Spider Man. Yeah, with a hyphen. Enough talk of of twins and a sequel triplets and terrible comedies that should not exist that were going to star Eddie Murphy. And let's talk about the <laughs> resuscitation of the Pink Panther franchise, starring Eddie Murphy as Inspector Clouseau. This this is it. This well, remember is a Steve Martin did thread, him, isn't it? Steve Martin did him as well. I know. I, I have a soft spot for the first Do Pink you? Panther. That there are some exceptionally funny moments in the first Steve Martin, Sean Levy. You're, huh. you're about to talk Pink about Panther. hamburgers, aren't you? Hamburger. That's a great sequence. But also, there's one line he says about Beyonce, uh, which is tremendously funny, and it's a really good cast in that film. It's Steve Martin, it's Kevin Klein, Jason Statham, the state back when he was still kind of like swimming in the ascendancy, and Beyonce, <laughs> one of the few films Beyonce has made. I'm not saying it's on a par with the rest of the mostly Blake Edwards, Peter Sellers franchise of the Pink Panther, which is such a bizarre franchise, by the way. I don't know if you guys mm. know necessarily the history of the Pink Panther franchise, which obviously led to the Pink Panther cartoon and the 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 classic uh, the classic theme tune, the Henry Mancini theme tune, and all that sort of stuff. But you know. It starts off in the 1960s with The Pink Panther and Shot in the Dark, but those movies kind of revolve more around David Niven Mm -hmm. than they do around Peter Sellers, but people love Peter Sellers as Clouseau, the bumbling French um, policeman, gendarme, and and so they, they, they started to spin him off into his own franchise, so he began to take over the Pink Panther franchise. But the third movie in the Pink Panther franchise is Inspector Clouseau, which does not star Peter Sellers. Can you tell me who stars as Peter uh, as Inspector Clouseau I in the movie entitled know about Inspector that Clouseau? Film at all. I don't know. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin huh. is in Inspector Clouseau. Uh, Len, I think because Sellers and Edwards were making the party around the same time, and um, MGM wanted just to have a, a new Clouseau movie, so they cast who who's who can possibly live up to the comedic stylings of the tour de force the the, the <laughs> wizard that is peter sellers i know alan arkin love alan arkin but my god uh and then there were a few more that Blake edwards and peter sellers made together and uh and the weird thing about the franchise is that it was not slowed down in any way shape or form by peter sellers death and there are yeah. at least i think there are three pink panther movies that came after Peter Sellers' death using some archive footage in one instance there's a son of the Pink Panther with Roberto Benigni as a kind of mm. offspring of Clouseau mm-hmm. and there's another one which stars an American actor called Ted Wass as an American policeman who's brought in to look for Clouseau who's gone missing and that's the one I think it's the curse of the Pink Panther and that's the one that has Roger Moore in it but Roger Moore isn't credited as Roger Moore instead he chose to be credited as Turk Thrust the Second. I feel like we're maybe getting a little bit off topic. <laughs> yes, um, but Helen, Helen, Helen. I would like to say. Can I yeah. just say, but, but can I just finish my, 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 because sure. this is, your this is just thrust. I mean, you've, you've been thrust. an hour already, you might as well carry on. <laughs> the thing that really blows your mind about this, right, is that you can't spell the pink panther. Oh, oh God. <laughs> can't terrible. spell Chris Hewitt without T-W-A-T. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you're spelling that. That's really bad spelling. Chris okay. Hewat. Actually, if you if you add in your middle name, that's true, Chris. It that's is true. true. Chris yeah. Hewat. You know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, Helen, so, please, please. What's continue. interesting to me about this is that it's the first Pink Panther film to deliver on what I wanted when I first learned about the Pink Panther as like a five-year-old. And that is that this will actually have a Pink Panther interacting with Inspector Clouseau. Yes, it will. This will have 
a blend of live action and CG. Wow. This is actually not going to disappoint five-year-olds. And maybe that's all it needs to <laughs> Could <do>. I say, <laughs> I first watched The Pink Panther as a roughly a five-year-old and had that exact reaction. Yes. I was there for The Panther. False advertising. And obviously is is in the titles. He's in the titles, yeah, that's where he started And then yeah. this human turned up and didn't go away and I was no, no. really upset. But James, it's not just this human. This James, this human is Inspector Jacques Clouseau yeah. who is one of the funniest comedic creations Were you not entertained? Not I was five. not entertained. Really? He was neither pink five. nor a panther. I very much begged to differ. I loved Clouseau when I was a kid. Yeah, uh, me too. Some of the greatest... No. balloon flew out the window. None of it. Some of the greatest physical comedy of all time is from Sellers as Clouseau. I remember watching this as a five year old being like, What is this humor of which you speak? <laughs> well, that's a good clue, actually. That was, <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not excited about this, but it's apparently Eddie Murphy going to be Clouseau. It's directed by Jeff Fowler, who is the director of the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. And, but yeah, Helen, you're right. This is just batshit insane enough that it's uh, the Pink Panthers in prison and his real life crew, who are made of live action people break him out of this prison to go on another heist and then presume that Clouseau see. has to stop them. Okay, okay. That's bad well, shit and sane enough to work. That's the thing that's happening. Um, speaking of Eddie Murphy films, of course, he starred in a Haunted Mansion movie and now here's another one. Not the Muppet one, the other other one. I, I honestly don't know how this looks because it was too dark for me to see, honestly, <laughs> on my screen. Um, but it sounds fun. I'm quite into the whole Owen Wilson as a priest doing exorcisms bit. Wow. I'm quite into Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> I'm just, I'm remain to be sold on kind of everything else. Rosario's in this, isn't she? Rosario. Yeah, Dawson. it's really, yeah. really good Danny cast. DeVito. Jamie Lee Curtis is in Danny the um, in the Crystal Bowl. Danny you know? DeVito is not in enough films anymore. I look forward mm -hmm. to seeing him in anything. What was the last time I saw him? Jumanji Two. Jumanji Two. Oh, Much Jumanji. maligned. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. James, you've Has been talking about this trailer all day, so the do you want to one. say anything about it? I would absolutely do so had I watched it. I, how did, I, what? Did, not, I did not see the trailer. I did not see the twist coming. For now. I know, I'm just aware that it's there and people were saying it was scary. I was like, oh, I must watch that, but I didn't. Is the trailer scary, Helen? I mean, it was too dark to tell, really. I don't know, it might have been. It was right. getting dark, too dark to see. <laughs> <laughs> Any other movie news before we move on? Beetlejuice um, 2. Beetlejuice 2. You guys talked about this a little bit, didn't you, in last week's podcast, but yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't here. But well, there was talked about some this. disagreement as to who Janet Ortega was playing. And how do we know, we know, do we know now who she's playing? Daughter, we know the writer's yes. daughter, yes. Whereas I thought she was somehow taking on the role of Lydia because, again, I hadn't really read the story. You can see right. I, put in, I put in the legwork and I really prepare for this podcast, which is, you know, vital. Do not say you can't say we know the writer without AI. Do not say you cannot say we know the writer without AI. <laughs> uh, yes, so there's been other... <laughs> revelations this week uh, last week actually as the podcast went up it was announced that Monica Bellucci mm. who you can also mm -hmm. not say without AI Stop it. Uh, is going to be in this movie uh, starring Sorry. as the wife of Beetlejuice who yeah. will once again be played by Michael you cannot say that without AI Keaton <sighs> I'm Batman listen once you see the pattern it all becomes clear <laughs> I'm like Neo in the Matrix, which you can also not say without AI. Uh, I am now seeing the world entirely as code, and the letters A and I are standing out to me. Anyway, I'm going to turn my microphone off, and you guys talk about how Monica Bellucci is going to be great as Beetlejuice's wife in Beetlejuice 2, which is shooting very, very soon. Thank I'm, you. I'm surprised hey. he's married, because I just remember him being as <laughs> quite horny. And like trying to jag everything. Um, or is that just in my I head? Mean, have you met Warren Beatty? 
He's basically the Warren Beatty in fairness, of ghosts. Mm. In fairness, like Warren Beatty, by all accounts, has not been like that since getting married. That's yeah. precisely my point. He Warren Beatty was oh, super, okay. she's super, the Annette super Benning down. In this scenario. Yes, yeah. she's okay. the Annette Benning. Gotcha. Annette gotcha. Benning. AI. She's the Annette Benning in this scenario. Scenario. Jesus. I can't help Stop it. it. I genuinely can't help it. At this point, I'm just begging for our mechanical overlords to take over. I can't I can't deal with this anymore. Mechanical. Oh God. <laughs> We've broken Chris, which may be for the best. Broken. Uh, Monica Bellucci hasn't been in a Tim Burton film before, right? I don't think so. Which yeah, is amazing because so. she's such a goth. Mm. I'm excited. It's a really good cast. I'm very optimistic for this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else? Any casting news? Any other trailers? Anything Anything at all? No one died oh, yeah. this week. No. Yeah, yeah. They're making another Fast film, right? Oh, yes. This is so, so yeah. Fast 10.5 Maybe. has just become Fast 10.5. Three? I don't know. So it's going to be a three-part, potentially, according to Vin Diesel, who does talk a lot of bollocks. It might not actually be true. But in <laughs> theory, will Fast 10 is going to be a three-part film and yeah. not a two-part film, which seems wildly unnecessary for the amount of plot in that film. <laughs> I see, I disagree. I disagree. Really? Oh, no, there's yeah. a lot of plot. There's is a there? lot of plot. There's we'll a, get on to it. Why don't we go on to the review section and we can talk about I mean, about that seems like a, a reasonable that's, thing well, to do. Well, we can't because we can't because we can't spoil it. That's well, we, true. Can, we can talk around the plot yes. and then when yeah. we're doing the spoiler special for it, um, exactly. we can get into the... the <laughs> sorry, I can't say word plot without laughing, but we, we can we can get into the story. You can't make the word <laughs> plot with AI. That's true. <laughs> What does that mean? We can't get into the happening to the movie uh, without... AI. Know, with, oh, AI! <laughs> see? See? I knew it. I saw the pattern, but no. I was like, is Helen going to see the pattern? And I Helen has know. seen the pattern. I don't uh, want to see the pattern. Well, it's too late now. It's too late now. You are corrupted. Uh, anyway, yes, let's get into it. Let's get into the review section of the show. But first, before we do that, let's hear from Sun Kang, the man himself... Han has returned to the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, Sun Kang, so cool, so great as Han in Fasts 3 through 6. Then he took a break because his character was dead in 7 and 8. Then his character became alive again and came back for 9 after the Justice for Han campaign. Uh, and he's now back in Fast X. Has the Justice for Han campaign paid off vis-a-vis his character? We will discuss that later on. But uh, I was delighted to be offered the chance to talk to him because he is my favourite character or was my favourite character in this franchise um, before Fast X came along. And we sat down last Saturday uh, on Zoom and we had a great chat about a great many things, uh, including, but not confined to, Tesco's, Nando's, Liverpool Football Club and occasionally the Fast and Furious franchise. (laughs) Had a great time talking to Sun Kang. Do please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined in the Empire Podcast by the star of Fast X or Fast 10, depending on how you pronounce it, Sun Kang. How are you, sir? Lovely, Chris. How are you? I'm not too bad. How do you pronounce it? What are you? Are you a Fast X or a Fast 10 guy? I call it Fast X. Okay. Is that what you called it on yeah. set? I did, yeah. <laughs> because uh, Fast 10, your seatbelts, is obviously a nice play on words. So, but, yeah, but Fast X sounds... Sounds right somehow. Yeah, if, if, it sounds. If, if, it sounds tough. It sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, Vin Diesel. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah, Vin Diesel. Yeah. X. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where in the world are you at the moment, sir? I'm in Rome right now. Okay. Oh my word! Yeah. So you're in the middle of this this wild kind of fast X global journey. Yeah, we had a premiere here 
it was an amazing experience. We got to do it at the Coliseum, you know, um, we got to be a part of history. It was the first premiere ever done at the Coliseum. So it was a true honor. Um, wow. Cool. What, what yeah. was that like? What was that? <laughs> What's the sound quality like? <laughs> I, I, it, well, it, it was just lovely. I mean, of course, you know, it, you know, we had a red carpet and it was staged properly. Right. So, yeah. you know, you could have the Hollywood magic sauce on it, but, um, uh, Coliseum was the backdrop. I mean, it's just jaw-dropping, Chris. You know, I don't know if you've ever visited yeah. Rome or the Coliseum. It's my first time here, and you know, and you know, my my you know my connection to the Coliseum in Rome has been in like movies like The Gladiator. But when you see it in person, I mean, it's it's just it's amazing. It's just jaw-dropping, right? And to be a part of that, it's pretty cool. This franchise, though, has taken you around the world. It's been it's been quite a thing. Yeah, all over the world. I mean, at one time, my my passport was just you know it was just full to the last page with all of these you know visa stamps. So yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I mean, look, it's it's bucket list stuff. You know, it's like you know dreams come true where you get to travel the world to go play pretend for a living. You know, and um. It's, it's, you know, you have to stand back sometimes and pinch yourself and realize how privileged you are and how blessed you are to be able to participate in this, you know, this make-believe world, but then, you know, affect so many people on, you know, on a, on a real, like, emotional level, right? So you have probably a unique perspective along with along with with, with Justin Lin I, 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 of course because you know before this movie every fast movie you've made had been directed by him but yeah you entered the franchise with, with Tokyo Drift and the franchise at that point was not the behemoth that it is today so you I think you have this unique perspective like Finn and you know Jordana Michelle they've been there since the beginning they've watched this thing yes. rise and fall and rise again from your perspective, what's it been like on the inside watching it kind of grow? Because I'm I'm guessing you and Justin went into Tokyo Drift not expecting it to <laughs> wind up where it, where it is now. No, not at all. When we started on Tokyo Drift, we had just come off of this independent film called you know, Battle of Tomorrow. And that was a film that was done for under $100,000. You know, it was like a credit card movie. You know, and it was a it was a, a film made with equity of passion and community and support. You know, um, and you know, I remember, you know, the first day of shooting on Better Luck Tomorrow, where Han was born, essentially, right? And I played the character of Han, and Han was in high school. And uh, um, I showed up to set, and you know, at that time, I I haven't I hadn't been on a lot of you know like big budget movies, but I had been on some, some sets, some Hollywood, you know, TV shows and some, some, you know, mid-sized budget movies and the craft service table and craft services were, you know, the snacks are stuff, coffee and stuff. There was no coffee. There was no water. There was a box of Entenmann donuts and Entenmann donuts is what you get at the local grocery store. Right. And it's like, you know, it's kind of mid-level or kind of old stale donuts. Right. And, there was a box of those donuts and five sticks of Wrig Wrigley Spearmint gum laid out. So it took, you know, it's like 25 cents a pack. Five, five are contained in a pack. And somebody spread it out to make it look like there was substance on this little craft table. And I was like, 
whoa, uh, what did I sign up for? And even our costumes, you know, our costume designer, bless her heart. I think it was her first movie. And she said, you know, she would call the actor. She called me one day and said, hey, we have to figure out your costume. Um, but we have no money. So, you know, I think we need to go to Goodwill, the thrift store, and go figure out like what you can wear. Or we can go to the other actors, you know, homes and look through their closet and borrow some stuff. So, you know, and then fast forward, you know, we're in Tokyo Drift. And Tokyo Drift by no means is or the size of the budgets of like what a fast 10 is, right? You know, it's a behemoth of a movie now, right? Um, but uh, I remember going into Justin's office. We were on the Universal lot. I mean, we were allowed into the gates, the Hollywood, the, the Hollywood gates, these mystical gates of a Hollywood studio. And he had his uh, production office there you know, doing pre-production. And we go, you know, we're walking through and there's all these people working on the on the movie and they're like hello justin hello song you know and you know we're like yes oh good morning good morning to you good morning to you ma'am and we go into his office and he had a little refrigerator with beverages like you know juices and snapple and you know teas and he and he had chairs he had like multiple chairs and we were just like rolling on the ground like laughing going you know, we, 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 we conned them. Like, you know, we fooled them. They <laughs> actually let us in here and look, Justin, you have a few chairs. We have chairs and you have beverages and they're free and they're always stocked. I mean, those are the things that we got excited about, you know, being excited about that. You had more than one kind of film to shoot on because, you know, on better like tomorrow, we used a lot of short ends and short ends for the people out there. The listeners are, what other movies at that time because you know at that time we're still shooting on film not digital yet and other tv shows or films would you know like shoot a scene and they would have um extra you know film stock and so you can't you know it, maybe you had like 30 seconds or 40 seconds left of you know film so they would you cut it and then you actually, you know, recycle, you send it back to the, you know, Kodak or whatever, and they would store it and give it out to aspiring filmmakers or, you know, young filmmakers because film was so expensive back then. And, you know, so we shot, a, you know, a lot of the movie on these short ends and different film stock, you know, there's Fuji film stock, there's Kodak film stock, and all the film stock have different fingerprints, you know, they they look a little different and, you know, this is pre-digital. This is pre like final cut, all that stuff. And um, and I remember there was a scene in Better Look Tomorrow where you know, it was a slow-mo shot. And, and when you shoot slow-mo, you actually you end up using more, you know, film because there's yeah. more frames per second. And um Justin was like, Hey, you know, we have this slow-mo shot, but you have one take, man. You have one take because that's it uses a lot of film up and that's all we have. So you got one shot. You know, so we rehearsed it and then we went for it. And that was kind of what we were used to. And then you go to, you know, fast forward to Tokyo Drift and the other Fast and the Furious movies. I would say, you know, like there's a scene in Tokyo Drift where Han spins around these two girls at a stoplight. You know, and he does these like 360 drifts around, gets their phone number. I mean, from what I heard when we were shooting that day, um, that was a million dollars to shoot that scene, to shut off the roads and build, you know, because we shot that in downtown, right. Yeah. And yeah. Los Angeles. And to, so they had to make it look like, you know, um, uh, Tokyo. 
And this is pre like, you know, like high tech green screen technology and volume technology back then. So you know, we were doing it practically and they were saying that it's a million dollars and better luck tomorrow was like 90 to a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, we, we could have shot 10 better luck tomorrows for that one scene. Right. So it's amazing, you know, like, you know, the contrast between what we started and, you know, going to Tokyo drift. And then you fast forward to like a fast five or a fast six and, you got these gigantic movie stars coming in, you know, like, you know, you know, Dwayne Johnson and, you know, it's like, and, you know, it, it, it was, it was just so different, but, you know, at the core of it, it was actually all it's, it's, you know, the process is identical, you know, the craft is identical, you know, it's like the film, you know, pragmatics is pretty much the same. So once you step back and you realize, yeah, you know, just because you have a whole bunch of money doesn't mean that problems go away. There's still weather and time is your enemy, right? And things just happen in the nature of filmmaking that you can't control, right? So, um, but I think it, it was great because we had perspective, you know, and you can't appreciate, you know, the good stuff unless you've had some, you know, stale bread once in a while in your life, right? So, this is yeah. very, very true. So, but the, the, the yeah. craft may be identical, but the craft services is not identical, I'm guessing. Yeah, so, no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> on, on, on Fast X slash Fast 10, I'm guessing there weren't five sticks of chewing gum just laid out on the craft service table. Or well, maybe no, there is no, because it, you guys it, can't eat no. any of it, right? No, we can. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of time in between the shots on a big Fast and Furious movie because it takes a lot of time to set up those big, you know, those, those big stunts and, and gags. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're visiting the crash tables. Like, well, every time they call cut, like we start moseying down to the, you know, there's a coffee bar and there's, you know, there's a pastry bar and there's someone there. If you know, you want a sandwich, you know, it's like, it's actually like walking into a Tesco's. When I first started working on the Fast and Furious movies, I bet you that the, you know, craft service costs were astronomical, uh, because I mean, it was free. So, you know, me, I would, anytime you know no one's looking, I would take my bag and just start stuffing it and do my grocery shopping for the week, you know. And even my mother came to set one day, and I told her she had her wallet out and she was like waiting for somebody to come and help her. And I was like, "Mom, what are you doing?" She goes, "I'm waiting to like you know buy you some pastry." And I go, "No, this is all free." She goes, "Free?" And she pulls out her bag and just starts stuffing. Like she's just swiping the table, just clearing the whole craft craft service table out. So, yeah, they have to be careful who they invite in. So, you know, you should look at people's resumes. Like, do you come from independent filmmaking? If yes, then you better lock that craft service down, you know? You got to eat. Uh, by the way, I did not expect you to be referencing Tesco's uh, on, on this Why? podcast. I, I wasn't sure the Tesco's was that well known uh, outside the UK. But is it, is it a big well, thing? Well, you know, you? we spent so much time in the UK shooting the fast movies. I don't know if the you know the listeners know that, but I think it started from six. We six, were starting yeah. to shoot in the UK. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Fast Ten it takes place in Rome, but we shot a lot of the film still in the UK. You know, so. I'm very familiar with, you know, the UK, London. I'm a, I'm a, I would say a connoisseur of Nando's. Um, it is my favorite cuisine, British cuisine. I know it's not British, but I am a regular. I'm actually a. I got the opportunity. I don't know if you're a Nando's fan, so uh, I don't know if you're a vegetarian. If you son, are, yeah, come on, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big peri peri fanatic. 
Okay, so you're gonna you might get a little jealous on this, but I was living in Camden when we're sh- when we're shooting Fast Ten, um, and I love living there. And there's you know there, of course there's a Nando's on every you know in every neighborhood, and I would go to Nando's almost every night after work. It was like you know, my comfort food. It's my like happy place, and I got to befriend you know all the employees. Did you know that Nando's has a yearly competition, a grill competition, a grill off for all of the, the the cooks, or I call them chefs of Nando's, and they compete like internationally. And if you win, you know you get prizes, and then you also get to travel the world as an ambassador of Nando's. So I, Chris, got to officially be a judge for these contests. <laughs> And it was a bit, I have a lettersman jacket. I have actually every Nando's paraphernalia, you know, the, the Liverpool Jersey, you have a, that kind of has like a Nando's vibe to it. So, yeah. you know, I already liked you already. Right. So, um, <laughs> and I am a Liverpool fan. So, uh, you're kidding me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and I can go into why I'm a Liverpool fan, actually. Please uh, do. Please do. Did we just become best friends, by the way? Because I think we did. I think we did. Yes. Yes. Did, yeah, yes. It, it happened. But so but. Let me explain to you why I am a Liverpool fan. Okay. I did not grow up, you know, watching football because I grew up in America, right? You know, it's like, I, I'm, at least, you know, European football. We grew up with American football and baseball and basketball. And my one of my close mates came to visit me in London while I was shooting. And he goes, I, I actually didn't come here to see you. I came to go watch a Liverpool game because I'm a you know long life Liverpool fan. They're playing at Chelsea. I was like, great. And he goes, you have to come with me. I was like, well, okay, that'd be kind of a cool experience. And I go, do you have tickets? He goes, no, I don't have any tickets. We're going to get some scout tickets you know, in front of the stadium at Chelsea. And so we get there early. And, you know, everyone's in the queue lining up to get in. And I go to the Chelsea fans and we're like, hey, mate, do you have? any tickets you can kind of sell us and all the tickets were like double price you know they're trying to make some money off of it and we go to the liverpool side and these kids like, they got off the bus from liverpool and my friend was wearing a jersey and he's and they're like hey so you're a fan it's like you guys looking for tickets and these two kids gave us these tickets for free Right, just free, and I'm like, and, and look, you know, these kids from Liverpool, you know, they're, they're not posh, you know, it's not like a, you know, affluent, you know, they weren't like the affluent kids. They were just diehard Liverpool fans. So I got to sit next to them and hear them, you know, hear them sing, hear them curse Chelsea <laughs> in the Liverpool way. And to me, I was like, these are my kind of people, right? And they're like, you know, we just want you to experience this game and we can't charge you for that. And from that day on, I'm a lifelong Liverpool fan. That's amazing. What was the score yeah. that day? Do you remember? I think Liverpool lost. <laughs> we, lost. we lost, but still, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. <laughs> it was a great memory. <laughs> if, you, if you can bond to something in defeat, then that, that's, that's a lifelong bond Absolutely. right there. Uh, Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Nando's, Tesco, uh, and uh, Liverpool Football Club, I did not expect to hear those. I'm very, very <laughs> glad that I, I, I did indeed. Uh, but just very, very quickly back to Nando's, because I know I've got to let you go. <laughs> and we should talk about the film at some point as well. But yeah, we should. But no, Nando's <laughs> is more important, Chris. <laughs> this is more important. Uh, so you, you judged this competition. So, you know, yes. who, who yes. won? And what was, what, what um, you... so, so Robert is the chef at the Camden um, location. 
And if you get to go to Camden and visit Robert, he is actually, at least last year, he was the world champion. So, you know, so then there's like a regional, like, you know, London competition. And they actually closed down, you know, Nando's and, you know, and you have to be an employee to attend this, you know, competition. And, you know, and the, um, you know, the executives come down and some of them are judges. And there's like a, you know, there's like a booklet like this. I mean, it's serious. It's not. It's not fun and games, this competition. I mean, it is very precise and very serious on how you win this competition. Even like the grill marks, they have to be perfectly lined up. You know, they can't be like, it can't be overcooked. The ratio um, of the sauce has to be like, you know, balanced. Um, you know, it also has to be cooked thoroughly. And even the plating of it, you know, it's like, you know, it, you, you have to basically, you know, split the plate down in the middle. And then the chicken has to be placed, you know, you know, symmetrically to that line. And, you know, so it's very, very serious. And, you know, people, people know that, you know, they be, can become an ambassador of Nando's and Robert reigning champion, you know, and it was beautiful for me. It's like people might think like I'm joking, but when you meet anybody that is a master of their craft and for you to be a champion, even, you know, as, as a griller at Nando's. You have to be serious about that because you're the world champion. And when you meet somebody like Robert, at first you're like, yeah, he cooks chicken for Nando's. But no, I mean, this is just, you know, this is probably a transient like job for him. You know, you know, when you meet this guy, he's going to be successful in whatever he does in his life. Right. And That's so good. just to be a part of that and watch that and you can't dismiss that. You know, I mean, you might not be, you know, you know, Olympic athlete or, you know, some, you know, like some know actor or something right but then you know you meet somebody like this and i had i have so much respect for robert and he makes delicious delicious chicken so you know um he won again yeah i mean he's untouchable he's like he's like the goat right so a world <laughs> champion like he's like you know these 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 lowly just regular part-time chefs or you know in london you know they can't compete with the world champion this is robert the world champion that's wild but, we got the privilege on Fast 10, going back to Fast 10, yeah. to, you know, I, I got the privilege to share, you know, Robert's, you know, like magic with the whole, you know, casting crew, because I went to Robert and, you know, the management over camp. And I said, you know, I'd love to, you know, bring you guys over to the set um, of Fast 10. And, you know, I was wondering if you guys could, you know, cook some chicken for us. So they actually did. So the whole staff of Camden came out and, you know, for lunch, you know, they, they basically made us, you know, Robert made us a whole bunch of, you know, you know, Perry Perry chicken and everybody. It's amazing how much pe people love Nando's, Chris. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was, everybody was so happy. Like I, you know, I was, I was everybody's best friend after that. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm evangelical, but Nando's weirdly enough, I think, uh, cause we used to empire used to be based in Camden. So I, I may have mm. eaten Robert's chicken. The, the Camden, is it the one, on the high street opposite the Morrison's uh, petrol station, gas yes. station. Yeah. Yes, yes, right next to that music yeah. hall, right? Yeah, so, we yeah, ate, yeah. ate there yeah. many, many, many times. So, yeah, yeah. I've had yeah. Robert's all-time goat food. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But I've, I I do have to ask one last question about, about the film mm. song, which is obviously, you know, you and Justin were so linked throughout this franchise. You know, he, drew, he was the only person to direct you before this movie, and he left the film, obviously, very, very quickly once production had started. What was that like for you? 
in a way, you know, kind of navigating that period and you know negotiating that period with without Justin, and then you know when Louis comes on, but that must have been a strange experience for you. Well, you know, I think there's this overused term sometimes where actually people have made fun of us about you know the theme of our our film of family, right? And you know, when you lose a family member that you started your career with. Um, and he's no longer there, your coach, your leader, you know, um, your older brother figure, if you will. You know, when he leaves, it's, of course, it's hard, you know, because it's loss. You know what I mean? Um, and, but, you know, I think we're at an age now where we've realized that, you know, sometimes you, ha- you know, you have to, you know, let people go in life and they, you know, they, you know, they leave because they need to, right? And, there's no ill will. I mean, we're just making movies. It's, you know, we're not saving the world. You know what I mean? Um, and you step back and, you, you know, you go, hey, you're going to be missed, man. You know, everybody misses Justin. Everybody misses him. You know, from, you know, the crew to the cast to, you know, everybody in post-production. Anybody who's dealt with Justin, they miss him, right? Um, and his fingerprints and his heart and his soul are all over this franchise. I mean, when people watch Fast Ten. It's very obvious that Justin's spirit is all over this film. His influence is there. It's undeniable. But, you know, with one family member going away, we gained another one. You know, Louis, you know, of course it was a daunting task. Of course everybody had reservations, right? You know, but there's something special about Louis as a filmmaker as well, you know, and, you know, he became an amazing coach. And, you know, the, 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 you know, daunting tasks that he had to tackle coming in with, you know, no pre-production, really not knowing anybody, but just, first of all, he's such a fan of the franchise and he would repeat that. And I go, is this just lip service, but genuinely a fan of the franchise. And I think I was one of the first directors, actually the only director that came in with that point of view, right? Um, other directors have to come in and build this world, right? And build the franchise. He came in and going, I'm inheriting this legacy. Yeah. And I'm a genuine fan of what has been created. So I don't want to mess anything up. And, you know, he was, you know, powers are in numbers, right? So it takes a village. And, you know, when a director comes in and there's he's so welcoming in terms of, please help me, you know, help you, help me make this movie better, you know, and invite us to the table and, you know, pick our brains and ask for suggestions. You know, that was like, I was like, whoa, you know, this man has no ego. And, you know, he, he is here to service the fans and the franchise. Um, And so, you know, at the beginning, everybody's just kind of scratching their head. Like this guy going to work out. Is is he just being, is he just a nice guy and the film's going to suck. Right. But, you know, to me, after I saw the film, like Louis had to actually drag me into like, a, you know, like a, a screening at IMAX. It was like a test screening to see how, you know, at the IMAX facility. And he said, so you have to come, you have to come. And I'm like, I don't know, Louis, you know, I, I don't, first of all, I don't want to look at my ugly face. And, you know, it's like, um, I don't know. I don't know. And he, you know, and he, you know, he kept asking me, you know, and he's like, and I went there and after, the film i was like the film is amazing for the people who have seen it or haven't seen it and 
I am the most cynical and most like, you know, you know, I would say jaded like person when it comes to like critiquing movies. So especially the ones that I'm in it. Right. <laughs> and even my wife, she goes, this is the first film in many years that you've told you've you requested and you begged me to go and watch this movie when it comes to there. I am going to go repeatedly to go with all my friends and family. But anyway, aside from that, you know, how amazing is it? And how awesome is it that somebody with the kindness and open heartedness and the humility that, you know, Louis has also can create great cinema, you know, great filmmaking, right? And, you know, to me, it's like a testament of, you know, what, you know, positivity can bring to a negative kind of situation, right? So, um, you know, we lose one brother and we gain another brother. So, you know, there's balance at the end of the day. Right. And, you know, the, and the movie represents that. It's like, you know, Justin hasn't gone anywhere. It's like for people who see this movie, he's all over this film. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, song I've got to let you go, but uh, I will go to Nando's today and I will have Please. a peri peri chicken, uh, you know, with, with hot sauce. I'll dedicate it to you, sir. It's been a yes, pleasure. Yes, yes. Pour a little hot sauce on the on the ground for me, right? <laughs> we'll for your <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Song has been a pleasure. Okay. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Okay, so that was Sun Kang, the star of Fast X, and or one of the stars of Fast X. And now let's get into the review section of the show and let's talk about Fast X. There are, there are two other movies worthy of our attention this week, uh, but this is the biggest show in town by some considerable distance. Jimbo. Hello. Tell us about Fast X slash Fast 10. Well, as you know, I am a long-standing fan of the Fast franchise, including the best of the lot, the very first <laughs> installment oh of God. The Fast and Furious, which, <laughs> as we all know, hit cinemas in 2001 and was a masterpiece. Uh, look, so... <laughs> Rob Cohen's masterpiece. <laughs> Rob Cohen's masterpiece. Who, who among us can have predicted in 2001 when Rob Cohen waltzed out with his masterpiece, The Fast and the Furious, that it would degenerate into a Saturday morning cartoon, which is ultimately what it's become, but in the best possible way. So starting with, obviously, the fifth installment, these have become progressively more insane. This one, however, I think, and I mean, this is the first half of the film, maybe the second half will be more so, but this half... Third. The th oh, yeah, third now. The third, okay, the first third of a film. Potentially. But it is deranged on every level. So this sees Dom Toretto and his... Family. <laughs> ...come together for an operation which, shall we say, goes a little bit awry because little did we know, just out of shot all the way through Fast Five, <laughs> Jason Momoa was there. Who knew? So he's been completely retconned into half the footage of that film. So it turns out that when Joaquin Almeida died, his son, Dante... <gasps> Who is twice his size? Who is twice his size? Imagine the mother. Absolutely. I want to see that. How I married him. How I met your mother. But with him. Do you know what I think it is? Parents. I think it's like that one scene in Dungeons and Dragons. No spoilers. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Okay. But then that would make Michelle Rodriguez Dante's mother, and that's just blowing my mind. Anyway, Letty. It's all it's well, all coming unravel. It is. Uh, yes. So anyway, Dante. It turns out was less than amused when his father was killed. So he decides to take revenge on the entire. Family. Family. <laughs> now, I, I like it when Helen does it. Yes, do I. Look, I, I, I don't even know where to start with this. I think the plot of this, which is at once incredibly simplistic and incredibly convoluted, is not worth getting into. Suffice it to say, this has 
the most insane action sequences in the franchise so far. And lest we forget, they went into fucking space in the previous one. So I think that is a reasonably high bar to have cleared. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. I, I, it's a, so there is a sequence in Rome, should we say, quite early yep. on, which I just had a giddy grin on my face all through. I was like, this is just deranged. There is a cannon car. There, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. A lot. I mean, I won't say everyone, but a lot of people from Fast's previous, dead or alive, doesn't really matter to this <laughs> franchise. <laughs> just fucking turn up whenever they want to. you're in this movie. Absolutely. Uh, they can bring them in warm, they can bring them in cold, but bring them in, they do. Uh, and I just, I had, I had fun with this, but someone when I came out of the film said to me, was that a good film? And I just turned and went, that's a very complicated question <laughs> because it is simultaneously, we live in a world where these two, it's not a binary we state. We live in a society where this film is both absolutely brilliant it's and absolutely film. terrible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's Schrodinger's film. And those two qualities collide and the result is Fast 10. But I think regardless of what you think of the story, the acting, the plot, and all of it, and regardless of whether you have read what Dan said in his review, which is objectively wrong, Jason Momoa is the most <laughs> glorious thing I think any of us will see on a screen this year. As Dante, he is amazing. He is flamboyant. He is mannered. He's hilarious. And he's incredibly entertaining on screen. But crucially, he's having the time of his life and he is in on a joke in a way that Vin Diesel has not, will not, Ever be. Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel? One word. Vin Diesel doesn't know there's a joke. He or that's the impression he gives off. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's becoming more it's becoming more and more obvious with each film that he is in a completely different <laughs> headspace and emotional space yeah. to everyone else. And to the point where I really felt the disconnect this time. And every time they cut back to his story, because everybody's kind of split up and spread across the world and for various reasons I won't get into because I they're too stupid. <laughs> Um, he, you know, I was like, oh, it's him again. You know, and I don't want to feel that way about Vin Diesel. I yeah. you know, I like it's, Pitch yeah. Black. It's quite diesel heavy, this one, though. Like, more so than a lot well, of them it's, are. It's quite yeah. interesting. I, I honestly, I cannot wait for the spoiler special for this. Not least because the, the giggle that Helen, you and I had, were just walking back to the, the mm. train station after this film. And I was just like, oh, why are we not doing an immediate post post uh, film reaction yeah. podcast? Because there's so much to say about this film. Uh, I think this film it is a real return to form for the franchise for me. I wavered a little bit on on eight, and I really wavered on nine, where mm. I felt it was the first time where you could really feel it becoming a overly sincere, like genuinely overly sincere, uh, and b just a little bit too self-conscious in terms of the action and just a little bit too self-conscious in terms of the stakes. Oh, you want us to go into space, do you? All right, we'll go into space. Yeah. Um, you know, that line up with the laws of physics and all that sort of stuff. And here it's, you know, very self-conscious as well, but it it's, actually, I think it's returned to, I'm not going to say grounded, but the, the, <laughs> the action sequences, I think, aren't quite as demonstrably over the top as they were in eight and nine. Over the eight top. and nine had a nuclear submarine. Admittedly, admittedly, but this yeah. does. You are all the way through this going, but, but, but physics. Uh, I, but you have to roll with it. You have to roll with the fact that none of it adheres to the laws of you know physics or reality or there's plot a, continuity right. or sense. Yeah. There's a great line from Jack Reacher in the film because um, Jack Reacher <laughs> yes. appears in the film playing himself. Yeah. And, uh, and some he, people call him Alan Richardson, but not us. That we're not fooled by no. that disguise. Uh, so he is Ames, who is a an, an agency suit who is hunting down Dom, and it's no longer the CIA because it's now the agency. It's a it's a big thing. Anyway, spoiler special. It's going to be so much fun. Anyway, so Reacher's in it, and uh, Reacher is is 
telling Captain Marvel about <laughs> he's he's getting her up to speed on Dom Toretto even though she knows about Dom Toretto and his family uh, and he's so you know he's talking to her and he goes um, <laughs> if they defied if it if it defies the laws of God and gravity they did it it's just they did it amazing twice. they did it twice yeah. you know but that yeah, that's a callback to the, yeah and it's 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 so it's so good. It's so terrible. It's, I love it. I hate it. It's tremendous. <laughs> it's, they're it's, a complicated feelings. I was, I was really torn about this one because, like, I think I said like around Bruce, Fast yeah. Five that they had gone right through stupid and out the other side mm-hmm. into a sort of, you know, winking intelligence. And, and now I feel like they've looped around again back into stupid, back into a deeper level of stupid than I <laughs> oh, could Oh, intensely stupid. It's super stupid. And it's, it's one of these, you know, a, a bad guy who, who doesn't want to kill his target because that would be too easy. But his actual plan could not make less sense if you put it in a blender and then painted a Jackson Pollock with it. Like, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, Jason Momoa is having fun. I mean, he, he's great. Uh, I mean, you know, I love, I love Sun Kang. I wish uh, he was given something to do in this movie. He has way more screen time in this week's Empire podcast than he does in this in this movie. Um, but I think Han has been supplanted in my Fast and Furious affections. I texted you guys after I saw I saw this before you guys, uh, and I texted you afterwards and said, Jason Momoa. Uh, a couple of things about Jason Momoa. One, he has strong Joker energy, but not. <laughs> Not Joaquin Phoenix, not Jack Nicholson, not Heath Ledger. His Joker energy is Cesar Romero. Uh, I have never seen a bad guy in the modern day. Yeah, and Alex, you're going to love this film because mm-hmm. he has strong Batman 1960s TV show. <laughs> That's energy. what I'm talking about. Uh, you will, about. you will love this guy. He is having so much fun. He is. There's a moment in the Macquarie interview about Mission and the trailer breakdown where he talks about Shea Wiggum and Greg Tarzan Davis's characters, who are kind of operatives who are brought in to hunt down Ethan Hunt. And he says, one of the fun things about them is that they've seen this movie before and they know every move that Ethan Hunt's going to make. And they're very aware of what, what they're up against. And it feels to me like Jason Momoa's Dante has seen all the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. And he has, a, he has a level of healthy contempt for them, which, which really, really plays into the way he delivers his lines. But I texted you guys and said, Jason Momoa, not just movie MVP, but franchise MVP, mm-hmm. which is saying something when you're coming into the 10th slash 11th movie yeah. in this and franchise. 12th. He's so much fun in this film. Mm, that I agree. He carries the moments when... You're, like you're you're waiting for him to come back on screen mm. whenever yeah. he's not he's there. It's just immensely enjoyable. And I think stupidity, this hasn't moved away from massively. But I think eight and nine were boring and stupid. Whereas I think what this has done is <laughs> you've come back, you're still stupid, but you're entertaining again. Like This is fun again. Yeah. Uh, and I really like Don't get me wrong, like, I thought Cena was a lot of fun in the previous film, but the film itself I did not enjoy. Yes, but he's more fun than this. Because he is more he's fun than this. More fun yes. here. He's yeah. got a completely new character. He's got a completely new personality, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love it. I spoke to Louis Leterrier about that. So uh, we are doing a sports special. I spoke to Louis Leterrier last night and we talked about the the the, the personality ectomy that John Cena has on his under. Jacob's crackers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, very good mise en scene uh, in this film, <laughs> I have to say. Uh, Hell's Bells, anything else you want yeah. to say about this batshit insane <laughs> Lots, movie? mostly for the spoiler special. I mean, um, my God. But uh, yeah, I look, I, I, I didn't love it unreservedly because it is 
deeply ridiculous <laughs> and, and, and not always in, in the way that I loved in Fast Five and Fast Seven, which to me remain the highlights of the franchise and anyone who likes Fast and Furious, the first one the is an idiot, one. James. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but no, I, I do think it's definitely better than eight and nine. Yeah. Um, and six actually. And, uh, it's just, it's just, I, I'm, I, I did feel dumber for having seen it. Yeah. So, you know, there is that also. Yes, absolutely. It is only marginally less entertaining than that TikTok video of the guy laughing hysterically over the nomenclature of the franchise, which refuses to stick to any kind of coherent sequencing. Uh, if you haven't seen it, God look it up. and gravity are up for grabs, James. <laughs> I thought we were clear. Yeah, that's very true. This is Fast X leading on from, what was it, F9, the Fast Saga, oh, it's which was Fate of the Furious. I know, Before it's that was just so funny. Furious 7, <laughs> then it was Fast Fast and Furious yeah. 6, then it was Fast 5, then Fast and Furious, then Fast and... Was it Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, then Too Fast, <laughs> Too furious. furious, and then, of course, the, the Fast one, The best one, The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's almost like they've gone out of the way to deliberately make sure there is no pattern of any kind. They just should have called it Wild Speed, huh? They may call the next one that. It'll be called like Fast Wild Speed instead of <laughs> Fast X1. Indeed. I, I will say this. I, I I have a lot of respect for, for Tyrese Gibson as, a, as an actor. He's fine in a lot of things. He's, you know, and he's he actually is fine in this, but his character, Roman, uh, yeah. and Ludacris' Tej, uh, have been designated the comic relief of the movie but their characters are where comedy goes to die and unfortunately they have a lot of screen time in this yeah. film so I you felt have to, bad for Natalie Emmanuel who's kind of paired with them the whole time and, and has a really thankless task yeah. who is Han yeah. is suddenly thrown in together with these guys and uh, and it's it's a little bit aimless hopefully hopefully the next movie will will see them right uh, anyway Helen what you said there about being you know seeing, coming out of this movie and feeling dumber reminds me of the amazing quote from Billy Madison, Adam Sandler's Billy Madison, um, <laughs> where the principal of the school says, after Billy Madison makes a big, uh, big impassioned speech, he goes, Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. So basically that, but instead of no points, three stars. Three stars then for Fast X. Um, let's move on to a film that we gave five stars to. Spoiler. Are you there, Helen? It's me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we are, of course, talking about Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Based on Judy Bloom's book of the same name from, I think, 1970. And it's the story of Margaret, who's played by Abby Ryder Fortson from Ant-Man, from the first two Ant-Mans, um, who moves from New York City to a new home in essentially the suburbs in New Jersey with her parents, played by Rachel McAdams and Benny Safdie. And I mean, look, honestly, that's pretty much it for plots, if I'm honest. she It's about, you know, her fitting into a new environment, making new friends, struggling with, you know, just kind of growing up and figuring out your, sort of beginning to figure out your place in the world at the sort of the edge of adolescence, beginning to figure out like, yeah, all that puberty stuff, changing bodies, the beginnings of, of kind of um, adolescence itself, I guess. But... I worry that if I say too much about all of that, it's going to put too many people off because I feel like there is no genre in cinema that gets less respect than films about or for young girls. 
teenage girls, yeah. in this case, just preteen girls. And this film really deserves respect because it is, I think, quite universal. Um, even if you haven't been through Margaret's particular dilemmas, you have been through something similar in your life when you were growing up. Or if you're very young, you're going to go through something similar in your life when, you, when you're growing up. So so I think this is a really genuinely universal story, something with every something that everyone can relate to. Um, and it's not just about, you know, bodies and, ooh, does she fancy a boy and stuff like that. It's also about, you know, her place in the world. Like she is interested in religion. She's been raised without it. Her parents come from different religious backgrounds and have re- raised her without one so she can make up her own mind when she grows up. So she's got this really kind of childlike view of big questions and kind of goes into them with a very open mind. Um, her granny, who's played by Sil- Kathy Bates, um, takes her to temple. Her other grandparents are, you know, evangelical and they're trying to pressure her to go to Sunday school. So it's just a very delicate, beautiful, very funny, very, very fun look at what it's like to be young and to grow up. And and I honestly think it's for everybody. And I think you should absolutely take a chance on it, even if you don't think this is going to be for you. It's an incredible film. It's Look, it's about an 11-year-old girl. I am not, in any sense... You're kidding. ...an 11-year-old what? girl. Um, despite my youthful <laughs> looks and my very, very pretty face. Uh, this, is, this is... Yes, it is a film for everybody, because I absolutely loved it. It doesn't matter what it's about. It's a beautiful, character-driven very funny, very warm, very compassionate drama. It made me weep. It made me sob. Um, I related to everyone in it, not just her, mm. but Rachel McAdams is her mum. Benny Safdie is the dad. Kathy Bates is the grandma. And they've all got their little <laughs> journeys and they're all really, really brilliant. And I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful piece of filmmaking that um, Kelly Freeman Craig, who wrote it, uh, who adapted it and directed it, can do anything she wants after this because it's just such, such good filmmaking. Um, yeah. That works on every level, and if you if you are at all put off by the subject matter, um, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because it's a beautiful film. But it's, it's also it's kind of it speaks to an innocence of an earlier time, right? Because it's a point where yes, there's a, a there's a competitiveness that they're all trying to grow up first. They're all trying to grow up as quickly as possible. Yeah, mm. but also they don't know anything because pre the internet, people didn't have access, easy access to a lot of information. So it's all hearsay on what I heard from this person, I heard from that person, I believe this because I saw that, or they get an anatomy book at one point and sort of yeah. giggling over it. It, it kind of, it, in many ways, it kind of made me wistful for it for a time before, you know, it the took me digitization back. of it. It reminded me of being, you know, a young teenager and the insecurities and the peer pressure mm. and the embarrassments and mm. trying to be cool and trying to fit in and trying to be normal or trying to be different yeah. and just trying to feel okay. I mean, it really cuts through everything. I, I, honestly, it's my favorite film in a long time. It's lovely. It's a lovely, lovely film. Yeah. Go and yeah. see it. Does it have a Seriously. bit where they drive down Rome with a giant bomb? On fire? I, yeah. Yes. Maybe does. emotionally? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like to think it's so. It's a weird ending. It you know what it does have? Out of nowhere, but yeah. Family. Family. <laughs> uh, it should be called, Fast 10 should be called, Are You Larry God and Gravity? It's me, <laughs> Dom. <laughs> yeah. And then, no, it would be, are you there, Gordon Gravity? It's me, Dom, and I don't care if you answer the door or not because I'm just here to break shit. Yes, indeed. Are you there, Dom? It's me. <laughs> it's me, Gravity. It's me, Logic. <laughs> physics. <laughs> it's me, Physics. Yeah. <laughs> when that line, you know, Germany has declared war on the Jones boys. It's like the Toretto family have declared war on physics. Uh, 
five stars and for Are You There God it's me Deadpool and last but not least least well, we this did, week we, we not did, least we gave it most Bo is afraid we gave yeah. four stars alright so technically in terms of star ratings Fast 10 which is the most film this week uh, has been given the least sorry did you in just terms call of it Fast ratings. 10 yes Fast 10 your seatbelts yeah I thought, it, I thought it was called Fast X. My mistake. I believe it is a numeral. It is up to interpretation. Is it? Yeah. Everyone I've spoken to in this movie pronounces it in a different way. But fast, we can all agree on fast anyway. We can also if it's look- in three parts, will it end up being Fast Triple X? But the crossover that we oh all wanted. God. Xander Cage meets Dom Toretto on oh. screen for the first time. Could happen. Is it not Xander Cage? What's his name from Triple Oh, X? I thought you were talking about like porn. No, no. no. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah. Dom Toretto fucks. No, that's not what I was going for. Uh, no, I was. No, it's definitely not. It's, it's Dom Toretto does fuck. Sander Cage. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has he has a small child. We have canonical evidence that Dom Toretto fucks. We do. He lives his life a quarter inch at a time. <laughs> oh. oh no. Oh. Hey, hey, Alex, can you tell us about Bo's Afraid, please? For the love of God. Which you cannot say without AI. Anyway, thanks, Alex. Uh. <laughs> Bo is Afraid is the new film from Ari Aster, who, as you may recall, did Hereditary and Midsummer. And if you saw those two films and think, okay, it's going to be another one of those, forget about it, because this one is off the bloody rails. This stars Joaquin Phoenix as Bo, who is a very panicky, messy, neurotic state of a person with severe mummy issues and kind of, and daddy issues too. Um, I think he's told quite early on that his dad died when he ejaculated conceiving Bo and that's mm-hmm. given him some um let's say psychological problems so when this film starts he's in his apartment which is this tiny little shithole in the middle of an urban hell and he's on his way to see his mum and for reasons that becomes difficult um he lives in an, in a real hellhole outside of his apartment it is biblical carnage all mm-hmm. the time every second of the day People having sex, doing drugs, fighting, killing each other. There's a naked serial killer going around stabbing people. That is happening 24-7. Him to go across the street to the corner shop to get some milk is like Squid Game and getting back again. (laughs) It's absolutely nuts. I think the first 40 minutes or maybe an hour of the film is that. It's him in and out of his apartment. And it is basically a cinematic panic attack. He is like having one long panic attack and you sort of have one when you're watching it. It's absolute carnage. And I was in love with it because it was exquisitely um, nasty and stressful. And it's really, really funny in a very dark sort of deadpan way. And Wacky Phoenix is reliably brilliant in it and just no vanity, just really going for it. Um, It delighted me. Then it changes. He ends up in uh, a different house, uh, for reasons, with uh, an older couple, Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan. Uh, they're sort of looking after him. And it gets a bit weirder, and then it ends up in a different section, and then it goes uh, somewhere else. Basically, the film is set in about four or five different worlds, very distinct different mm-hmm. sections, tonally, aesthetically. It all becomes very surreal, Um I mean, ambitious, but weird, pretentious, maybe. We're just sort of Joaquin holding it together, sort of enduring it all. His character just perpetually confused and scared and upset and just trying to get his shit resolved. Um, That's it, really. It just kept getting weirder and keeps changing while he's trying to sort his life out. Um, 
how you respond to it is just going to depend on how you respond to the different bits of it and how it all what it all adds to up to I don't really know it's really really ambitious it's really unique it's really mad Joaquin is incredible in it we gave it four stars which I agree with because although it can be it is jarring and at some points frustrating um, it is really really out there the ideas the aesthetic is incredible and it's kind of upsetting on many different levels I'm still trying to process it really weeks mm. later Did you have you seen it Helen? I have, yeah. And it's, I mean, the other thing we should mention is it's three hours. Like, it is. It, it, it is. And you feel them. It, you do feel them. I mean, and there are bits that I was really into. I mean, I thought those opening sequences were great. I almost mm. want to go through them frame by frame because I feel like there's so much detail and so much um, weird shit, frankly, happening around the edge of the frame that yeah. I really wanted to be able to kind of take it all in. And then other bits, I if I never see them again, it will be too soon. Yeah. I am absolutely fine never, ever having that in my head again. So it, it really walks the line between horrible and hilarious and sometimes both at the same time in a way that yeah. I have rarely seen before. I mean, uh, John's review mentioned Mother, a film that reduced me yeah. to absolute hysterical laughter. And, and there is a little bit of Darren Aronofsky's mother in this, like not his literal mother, but his film. Mother's, mother. It makes mother look mainstream. It it actually does. This is seriously weird, especially in that last act. That That is some, that is some crazy stuff up in that room. Oh, yeah, boy. I mean, um, Paige yeah. and Dr. Freud. Yeah, this is, this is Ariasta just saying, this is the inside of my head, whether you like it or not. He's been given a yeah. lot of money to show it to you, and it's... um. You you worry about him, to be honest. A little bit, <laughs> but I was I was never bored, you know. No, I mean it's... sometimes I wish it would end because it had been two hours and it was late at night. But like I, I was never actually bored. No. So and that's no mean feat in a three hour film. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a crazy 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 piece of work. Uh, Joaquin is incredible the whole time. Mm. Wow, he is. Because I, I, everything I've heard about this film, Chris is afraid of seeing this film, so he hasn't seen it yet, mainly because it's three hours long. But everything I've heard about this film, a lot of people, you know, some people are saying genius, a lot of people are saying goat, mm. not greatest of all time, but just like a goat. <laughs> um, and a lot of people, I've seen lots of tweets going, this is a disaster of a film, it's one star, it's terrible, one of the worst things I've ever seen, it's a career killer for Ari Aster, it's awful beyond belief. And you guys have actually got me intrigued to see it now. There's so is... much that's great about it. It's got a lot going for it. Actually, I tell you what, when I, after I came out of it, I just thought, I'm glad I'm not reviewing this film because it's <laughs> beyond... It's, I don't know how you think about it, Helen, but I just thought this is beyond star ratings. You can't go, mm -hmm. this is what this film is and this is what it... Because it's, it's doing so many different things at the same time. Um, I don't know what they add up to, but you do come out feeling absolutely bludgeoned by it. Yeah, it, 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 it's not a... Whatever it's doing, and I also don't know, it's not subtle about it. Um, no. Ari Aster himself apparently said, don't try to figure it out, it's stupid. So I feel like that gives us some leeway right. to not have a, a full sort of, you know, theory of everything um, about Bo is Afraid. But mm. it is, it's it's certainly a lot. This is maximalist filmmaking of a very different sort to everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, but there there are bits of it that ring really true, and there are bits of it that feel really powerful, and and then bits that are just bits really that horrible, feel like, like a, just a, an installation or an art project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just every, every section is completely different from the last. But um, I don't. I love that first hour so much. So. Mm -hmm. Same, and yeah. and it is hilarious. Like I I do want to emphasize that I laughed a lot yeah. during this film. Yeah, 
again, is there a bit where he drives through the streets of Rome chasing the giant bomb that's on fire? Yes. Okay, brilliant. Five <laughs> stars then. Yes. <laughs> X stars. X stars then for Bo is afraid. No, four stars then for Bo is afraid. And we're also doing a spoiler special for that. Uh, so we've spoken to Ari Aster. Oh. We are indeed, Helen. Uh, and we have spoken to Ari Aster for that. And uh, so we'll be recording that at some point as well. So, yeah. Slide in my DMs with questions for Bo is afraid and Fast X. Very, very exciting indeed. Anyway, on that note, that is it for this week's Emperor Podcast. It was brought to you by the letters A and I. Oh, God. Apparently. Don't even get me started on Ari Aster and uh, <laughs> the director of Hereditary, Midsummer, and Bo is Afraid, starring Joaquin Phoenix, dear God almighty. Anyway, join us next week for more film-related fun. We'll be joined by... Little Mermaid is here. The Little Mermaid is here. And we'll be joined by David Diggs, who plays Sebastian. And Javier Bardem, the Oscar-winning legend that is Javier Bardem, who is King... Triton. Triton. King Triton. I've only seen Little Mermaid, the animated film, once. And I don't, I don't know the character names. There's the Little Mermaid, who plays herself. And then there's all the other ones. There's the crab. Sebastian. Sebastian. That's him, played by David Diggs. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Good stuff. So, you nearly got them there, but you floundered. Hey. hey. Is that a joke about that? That's a character. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> anyway, until then, until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, uh, it is time to say goodbye to my three colleagues of such lethal cunning. Helen, don't die. I'm really trying. You sound all right. You sound much better. Do I? Um, yeah. I don't feel it, but okay. As my mum would have said, if you're well enough to pod, <laughs> <laughs> you're well enough to go to school. Uh, yeah. You you have to live, Helen, because you have to live long enough to see parts two and three of Fast 10. So. That's true. you got to stay alive. And a little bit Dune more importantly, two. Dune part two. Dune. Dune part two. But then that means you'd, you then you could die after that, but then you would die before seeing Fast 11 and Fast 12. That's true. That would be upsetting. Yeah. What's a Marvel movie you'd be most upset about missing out on if you died right now? Uh, the Marvels, I guess. Um, Interesting. What else have we got? Oh, you only have to live to the end of the year, then. Yeah, that's fine. We just I mean, have to, yeah, I'd quite like to go a little bit further than that, though. Which is what well, should we'll, I say? We'll then? Keep X-Men? You alive. X-Men? Yes, X Men. Yeah, X Men. Oh, A versus X. That's the one I'm really excited about. <laughs> but that's not yeah. out until 2047, Helen. <laughs> oh, oh really? I see oh, what you're doing. I guess here. I got a few years in me. Yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, oh, it's no. goodbye from Alex Godfrey. Um. Yeah, I'm going home to watch. Batman from 1966. Hooray. Strong Dante and Fast X energy from that movie. Mm. And it is goodbye from James Dyer. Goodbye, Chris. Do you want to know who we've got on the Pilot TV podcast this week? Not really. We have got... Oh, no. Patrick Brammel and Harriet Dyer. No relation. Oh, from Colin from Colin from Accounts. Accounts. I hear good things. That's right. It's very, very good. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Can I go now? I want to go on the sofa. Yeah. I'm going to put that in my awards entry. <laughs> two messant stars of Pilot TV Podcast. <laughs> two, the two, the two messant stars. The two messant stars. stars. The two stars. Colin from Accounts. I just want to be clear, James. You know that's a 10 things I hate about you reference, right? Two messant. Uh, it, yeah. it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's your favourite and mine, Alice and Janet. Yeah. 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 Alice and okay, Janet. Just checking. I was worried. Another name you can't spell without AI. Oh, God. And it's goodbye from me. I'm off to seek help. Thanks for listening. (laughs) See you. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.